welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the kidnapped baby of Gorilla Grodd, Eric Shea. And I'm the little lad, Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 436. I obviously forgot to come up with something new, Eric. I forgot obviously. all about it. Well, you know what? I was going to say that I'm America's sweetheart, but I couldn't wrestle that title from you. Even though you want to run away from it. You're running away from that one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show of all shows, the official unofficial podcast of everything weird science and listening. You're weirdos. You are part of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> and you're about to hear us talk about some not so banger books. But we'll see. We'll have some fun with it. I actually psyched myself up last night when me and Eric were talking or the night before. Was it? That I said, I'm I'm going to go into this. I'm going to have fun. (laughs) Why do you have to keep reminding yourself what you're going to do? Today is our nine-year anniversary of at least the website. You forget how to do this every week. I should should end up having Careless Whisper play for us, Eric. It's our anniversary. I have to remind myself to have fun. Which one? No, it's not even just have fun. I have to remind myself not to get too angry at these books. Because as I've been told all week on Twitter... Everybody is doing their best, Eric. They're all trying their hardest to put out a quality product is what I've been told. I can't I say also that's the truth. Told, I, uh, I know. I also was told that, you know, some books didn't involve, you know, being a tie-in to the dark crisis, even though they are. I've also been told that everything's banger and that DC and Marvel and everything in this whole world's killing it. Eric, it might doesn't be killing like it, but we don't here. know what it was. Yeah. Eh, these people yelling at me, but hey, with all of that, you can go and see all that yellings and the skewerings over at the Twitter at Weird Science DC. You can also go to our website and see our written reviews for most of these books that we'll be talking about tonight and each and every week at WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And then when you're thrilled with that, you can go over to our Patreon if you want to help us out and get a ton in return. And I mean a ton, a plethora, a gaggle. I don't know. There's a lot, Eric. You go over to patreon.com slash weird science. One of the things that we have there is our Patreon only badass spotlight show. Every Thursday night, it's an exclusive show with two books picked by the badass levels of the Get Fresh crew. Boom. <laughs> and they ended up this week picking, you know, some bangers, I guess. I mean, the Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League, Superman number one. Definitely we didn't quite book. like it, but it was the big book. And if you are. You know, wondering, because at one point, if you are newer to the podcast or whatnot, you ended up where at one point we had to pull the Tom King books off of the regular podcast. We were getting so much crap about not being down with them. So we had them Patreon only. It was kind of back to that where we have the Tom King book over there. We were skewering it, as you say. And I like to repeat. But yeah, we went through that talking about not even just the idea you know, of just, oh, we, we don't like this. You know, we, we had issues with it as the first big tie-in. And I say big time of these without a Justice League tie-ins, trying to get a little bit of a foothold of what they mean, what they are going to end up doing. And we had some problems with it. We had some problems with what Tung King was doing and maybe not following the assignment, things like that. But I, nobody's talking about well, maybe the Aquaman not even just backup, not getting right? the character. Yeah, well, that too. And again, I end up where it kills me when you end up having an issue like that, and you do have that backdoor way to get out of it of saying, "Well, it's just an Elseworld, so it's a dream world," but it's not quite that. It's actually the character himself dreaming his utopia. That's not quite the Elseworlds of oh, it's a different character. It's very odd. 
But yeah, not many people talking about the Aquaman back up in that as well. Not many people talking about the Aquaman book that's on sale right now from DC Comics. Again, if you are somebody who likes Aquaman Arthur Curry, that is more him front and center, kind of. I mean, it's just a little deal. He's there front and center. You want to see his mom renew his vows with his dad? I mean, he's there, right? He starts getting water in his eyes and he freaks out. Just quick is the star of that show. It is true, but I'm saying at least he's there and Jackson, they're all there. It is the family book there with them renewing the vows, which I think is nonsense. If you have to renew the vows, I don't know. You you might be having some Some people enjoy their spouse. Yeah, maybe, but I'm saying renew the vows always seems like, uh uh-oh. It's like the second version. The first version of it is better have kids. Shit isn't going well. And then later, oh, things aren't really, the spark isn't there. So when are you renewing your vows? Not. I'm telling you, I'm past that point. I mean, I'm this God, the divorce, ship has I got sunk. You. I'm now I, I'm Jack falling into the freezing water at this point. So yeah, that doesn't happen. But we also talked about Naomi. Don't compare yourself to Leonardo DiCaprio uh, ever. I, I'm a gem like him. I will tell you right now. The the idea Naomi the though. Sound? <laughs> no, that is the gem, and I'll hit it again. So you know, Naomi. That book's a mess, and I don't know that anybody really cares about it or buying it, but that's why we're here. We're here to read so you don't have to, and we can tell you that it's a mess, even though you might be able to guess it. But with those two books, like I said, it was Naomi number five and Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Just League Superman number one. Those were picked by the baddest as a Get Fresh crew, so let's give them a little bit of a shout-out. Here is the badass roll call, Eric. Oh, my goodness gracious. A little laid-back you know, feel this week. I think it's because I realized we're old as crap. Ninth year anniversary. I'm sure you had to remind yourself. Maybe I did. No, I remind myself. I got up and I'm like, I have to eat breakfast and breathe. Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Eric, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stuart, Michael S. Forrest, Ollie Cam, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Ernst, Red, you like that? Er, Matches Balone, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bear Costco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky that I have an indie show on is an R YouTube channel each week. Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Algen Stosia, Nick Adams, Ruben, guys, an X fan, Carlos, No Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, Drunk. Simon, Luis, Man, Ship, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandone, Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo, and Doxing his ass once again, Double A Run in Minnesota. Boom. And an all time shout out to the all time great Reggie. The, the funny thing is, is at this point, and that was really good timing. The other thing, there's a bunch of books and things coming out. This week I mentioned Reggie. So many times, but it was always in the idea of, yeah, Reggie would like that crappy book. It's always these odd, weird books that come out and whatnot. But what also came up in the Marvel podcast was one of Reggie's biggest guffaws. So funny that I had to talk to you about it here on the DC side of things when he didn't know Daredevil was blind. Oh, my that God. Was of, that was one of the, and he ended you up You know like, the Daredevil, he's deaf, right? <laughs> he's deaf. Remember, he like messaged us and then talked to us like, what, what are you talking about? What, is this something new? He's blind He's now? He's as like, deaf as a devil. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. It was Matthew so funny. Murdoch's the deaf daredevils. The best about it was that Reggie just, like, thinking of when he was talking to us about it, how confused he was. <laughs> like, what? What happened? What, what happened? Like, no, that no, was it's always been like this, buddy. 
Yeah, that was a time this I thought new. like maybe somebody got shifted from the multiverse. I'm like, Honestly, that is one of those weird Mandela effects where you wake up in a new like universe where like where you come from, Daredevil was deaf the whole time. That's here, the only thing. Yeah, he was so confused. He's like, really, all that time, and I think he even said, "I but don't as know." As Mandela go effects check. go, I don't think Reggie would get anybody on his side for this year. No. I remember when he was deaf. <laughs> Remember he had, and I was telling Jason this, and he's like, he he didn't write that in the review, right? I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, did. he totally did. He has to do this. The worst. Boy, that might have been the worst credibility issue that we've like, ever I wanna, had. I want to be able to say, like, you know, after it was all said and then, like, this is the onions version of a comic book review. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, hey everybody, eight, it's all a it joke. Actually, it was like, hey everybody, September twelfth. Like it wasn't April Fool's. I don't know when it was, but it was so. Funny. I don't know why you put it the day after nine eleven. You're making me re- weird now. I, I didn't. Seriously, I almost said eleven. I went to twelve. <laughs> April Fool's, everybody. September tenth. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh yes. Ah, uh, yeah, but well, yeah. Legitimate. You could pick any other day. Ninth year anniversary. <laughs> I don't know why I said September. I was I mean, thinking why? about when that would have been. Of when we said it doesn't even make sense. It was probably like June eighth. I don't know. July 3rd. It's just and easy. And I did it. I did it. I'm going to edit that. Where's Jess? Where is Jess? But with all of this and this nonsense, yeah, we're going to go off to do some books. It's a weird week of books where we don't really have that major thing that we usually start out with. I'm not going to say that we don't have-, we have the introduction of Dreamer and the DC continuity. Well, we do, but it's a weird. I mean, the first section. We don't really have any Bruce Wayne. That's kind of weird, Eric. That's a weird thing going on, but we'll see. We have a Batman. Yeah, we do. We do. A Batman, but, you know, not on a lot of people's watch. And suddenly DC might be like giving them fuel for the fire because that book is is one of our books that we like, but it's starting to have some problems. We'll get into that properly right about now. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea. And here we are, Eric, in the first section of books. That's a classic by Dancing Mike. I ended up seeing that the last second and thought, well, if we're doing an anniversary, let's go all the way back to the beginnings and a little Eric Shea song there. And we have a section of books that are mostly your book so it kind of works out in my mind uh-huh. as well though so i was like maybe i'll do the metropolis in a bottle song but i think that's a little bit too disconnected now with the whole john being superman and it's a really long song so i'm like screw that we're here because we want to get to the meat and it's cheese and we need the meat and cheese here of the books and again if you want to read written reviews of these you can go over to our website at weirdsciencedccomics.com and get the written review straight out of the mind of one Eric Shea. You're like J.J. Abrams back in the day. Everything's out of the mind of you, Eric. You, you and you alone. Shows. Right? And uh, with all that, though, we might as well just get right into it. And I said, usually this is a section where we'd have like a detective or an action or a Batman. 
that sort of thing. But we do have a Superman. And the, the funny thing is, though, it's the idea where a lot of people who have kind of said, oh, I'm done with DC or I'm not involved right now. A lot of the things end up being the idea that, you know, John is Superman and not Clark, even though he's still in action comics. And the idea that you have Jace as Batman in the I Am Batman book. And we've liked both of the books. We want a little more progression of the Superman Son of Kal-El book. And you'll hear me say it again. A little I'm less sure progression you. in I Am Batman. Yeah, no, progression. That thing is heading right for the axe. I, I'm telling you, the guillotine is a swing in there. And they're ready to go. Do guillotine swing, Eric? Uh, but no, when, we get, when we get to that, swing. yeah, when we get to that, it, it's weird. Like you said, like you had a setup of that book. And we really liked it going off to, yeah, we go off to New York. And okay, we have a breath of fresh air. You're starting up, but now it kind of like pulls it back and it's starting to do things that don't feel like you need to do at this point in the game. And it's a shame. But what are we starting with? Superman, Son of Kal El, number 13, written by Nicole Maines and Tom Taylor, with art by Clayton Henry, Marcelo Maiallo, Matt Herms, and Dave Sharp. And in this issue, we're dealing with the fact that Jay Nakamura in the previous issue was doxxed. We know that the leader of the truth is now Jay Nakamura, the son of former president of, you know, uh, Gamora. Henry Henry Bendix's new thing, but Jay Nakamura is now out and about. And what is the idea of the ex-president's son going out there and saying all these negative things about President Henry Bendix and Gamora? This is just, you know, spiteful and we need to take this down and we need to stop this. And John's are like, you are outed just like my dad outed me now. It's no fun. I can't have a social life. I can't do anything. Your ass is going to the Fortress of Solitude where you'll be safe because, you know, nothing better happens at the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> nothing, like in the recent past or anything. And it's funny when John says, we'll go there. Oh, is it safe there? Nobody would have. T- yeah, there, there's been people and there's been a lot. Even Bendis himself, let's, let's just hope in the background while the rising is happening, Luther's doing his own thing, that there's not some weird Superman revenge squad that's getting put together that's going to attack the Fortress yeah, that, of Solitude again. that would again. be trouble. That would be trouble. Now, with that, it is a weird play because we ended up finding out that this was going to be the introduction of Dreamer into the comic. Arrowverse character. Yeah, and it's the person who ended up playing Dreamer, I believe, Nicole Maines yes. doing it. And the weird play, though, is if you look on the cover, not mentioned on the cover, though in the credits in the big... And usually that means they had the covers done and then they decided to do this. On the cover, it does say that dynamic debut of Dreamer. Yeah, I'm saying no. In the credits there, it just says Taylor Henry Maialo would have been the, the deal. And then they end up. I it's just an ideal. Like maybe. And I think that what could have been is maybe they thought, oh, no, we better get the the actor to come in and have it on there. Like they, they seem to try to do that. They, they walk that tightrope of, oh, are people going to yell at Tom King if he introduces it? I don't know. It's weird that Tom they're Taylor. not on there. And Tom Taylor, yeah, do, doing this. But you end up, if you ended up thinking, oh, man, I don't need this. They're going to really go overboard. They don't. It, it's not mentioned in this. It's a trans character not mentioned. Not it doesn't all. need to be at this point mentioned because they just show up, show up in a weird way. I'm I'll telling tell you, the thing that, is, but... like, you're going to introduce Dreamer to the DC continuity. You're not going to talk about the fact that this is a trans character, but what you're going to do is bring this character in out of nowhere, not really explain the situation, the idea of dream walking and everything that this Dreamer character do, predicting the future through their dreams, being able to, like, you know, teleport from places through people and animals' dreams and it's stuff like abrupt. that. Very abrupt. We're going to talk about the idea that they are the ancestor of Dream Girl from the Legion of Superheroes in the 31st century, which is a cool thing. You're going to add that whole thing in. But just having Dreamer here in the Fortress of Solitude because he needs to talk to Superman because. They had a dream about the end of days, the future where the Justice League is dead. I'm like, look, I understand that you're here and we're going to do this whole thing where you were to break down everything that's wrong with everything. But essentially, our story becomes 
Dreamer had a dream about Henry Bendix being the biggest bad that's ever been in the DC. Like, at this point in time, through this dream, Henry Bendix might be the brain of the great darkness for how powerful he seems to be. The but greater dream. darkness, and, and it comes off, though, that's such bullshit just because... This is existing at the same time as Dark Crisis, where the Justice League are already dead. So you're going to say, Henry Bendix is coming in. He's going to kill the Justice League. We've got to stop him. But everything that we've seen up to this point, I'm waiting for the rise and the start nonstop. What is Henry Bendix's big play? He's putting together a Gamora core. We know that, you know, making post-humans and selling them off to the highest bidder so people can have their own superheroes and don't have to rely on people like John Kent to be like, you know, protect them. But the idea that I'm waiting for something to happen, we are shown what Henry Bendix is capable of, but in a fucking dream. I'm like, you, you're just telling me. And you don't know Show that me. that's a reliable deal. This could be pliable, the whole deal. And and the thing that gets me is you end up starting it out where, again, you end up, Jay is seen, his identity is revealed. That is a nice play with what did happen with John when you end up having his dad come, you know, basically. Dick bend Clark. Yeah, yeah, do that. So, and even at the beginning of the series, when he did end up meeting Jay, the idea that he wanted to go to school that lasted three minutes. Even what was though, his name? Finn Connors? Yeah, Finn Connors and Finn. Old Finn probably wouldn't have done very well anyway because he spent all those years in the volcano. I gotta make sure that's the name. I would love the idea where he goes to school. Until he has an elementary school education. He now he's going they off never to college as Finn that. Connors. What is this? I would love it where they're like, hey, uh, you know, what's this algebraic equation? And he's like, well, that would be like three volcanoes and two uh, pigs. <laughs> like he didn't know anything. He was not taught. A, he was all he knows is he's still trying to figure out how to read an actual watch that's not digital. He, it's the woe is me history of Ultraman. That's all because remember, Ultraman would go and yell at him about his bad life. That's all he knows. So you end up where, you know, you have that, though, and you end up. I understand. I had an alcoholic father who was a exactly. failure too, and get drunk and, and, and even cry then, about when things. you end up, your grandfather told you he loved you once and then punched you right in the face. I mean, you know how it is. How dare you make me feel feelings? Yes, exactly. So when they did reveal Jay's mess in that weird way, like it kind of came off when he was in the brains and he comes out and they ended up where a lot CBR had an article. And I think Screen Man did as well, that it was the big deal. Jay Nakamura's identity is out there. Oh, no. Whether oh, no or what. But now the new villain for John will be discrimination. And homophobic, because it's going to be that everybody in the world now knows the old guy. Can we do something with the old guy? I said, though, first I said, that's not how is anybody going to make that connection? No, the big connection is Gamora. They're going to say, and I said on the podcast, they're going to say that this news is bullshit, that it's biased, it's skewed or skewered away from and trying. And that's what they did. And that actually is a smart play of what happened. That's interesting, but it's just kind of thrown in there. And that the way that this goes, what gets me in this, and I said, you get Dreamer here, that could be interesting, we'll see. But the way that it's set up where they say, oh, I came here, you know, one of these animals, it's so, like, fudged to get in. Oh, one of the animals had a dream about what was getting, did they know what's going on? Like, these animals down below had to, it's weird, the way that she got there, just to say it, and they kind of tried to get that. But then the transition of that into that dream, I swear to God, I'm reading this. And it, it just says Gotham. Days later, I'm like, what the hell is going Like, Eric never told me that the Joker yeah, dies. Well, this. that's the thing. It's the Joker's been murdered, and all of a sudden, he's just strung up. You lose, Batman. Ha, ha, ha. So the idea that somebody has gone out and murdered 
the Joker. And I have to assume, in order for all this to go down, this is Henry Bendix's way of starting the rising, where you go and murder the Joker, blame Batman for it, because we see throughout the whole play, the only thing we're getting out of Superman John Kent right now is that he keeps doing something, and then Henry Bendix keeps saying, look at what Superman did. He killed this kid. He doesn't care about Metropolis. He only cares about aliens. And, like, you know, that is all we're getting. So I have to assume that Henry Bendix somehow murdered the Joker, made Batman look like the culprit, and then on top of that, with the rising, where we do make post-humans, you know, just kidnap kids from wherever or from your own country of Gomorrah, and you turn them into metahumans or post-humans, whatever you want to call them, post-humans because it's Wildstorm stuff. But he did this and made one of the kids the, a gigantic cloud of Joker gas that he then dropped on Gotham to freaking go and, you know, Jokerize everybody and all the heroes who are, like, you know, in Gotham at that point in time, which is very reminiscent to when we had Kemo dropped on looks Star a City. Little, it looks a, like, a bit like Kemo. It does. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It feels exactly like that when you dropped Kemo on Star City and just made that place a whole toxic area. But you essentially have all your back characters just jokerized at this point. We're just seeing the destruction of the Justice League starting in Gotham with all this thing. To the point where you have Henry Bendix just, you know, have Batman by the collar and then shoot him in the freaking skull in front of John. I'm like, you have just made Henry Bennix the biggest bad there ever was. Like, even when John goes and sucks in all the Joker gas, trying to do that whole Superman thing, and then flies into space and blows it all out to make sure that everybody's doing it. By the time he gets back, like, Wonder Woman shot in the chest and stuff like that, everybody is just dead around him. And then you just murder Batman, and, you, and even uncow him. The show is Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, no. You cannot ever replicate this in your own book because there's no feasible way that you can no. make Henry Bennix this viable a threat outside of Dreamer telling you what kind of dream And that's why I don't believe it. And the thing is, the progression of this. And now, you could say that first off, you know, well, we know this can't be. Ch- I, I know it's not the deal, but it took me by surprise because you end up having a page turning. But it's not even on like the next page that you see where sh- you end up having Dreamer say, Superman, I have something to show you. Yeah. But you don't end up, the progression then isn't, the progression then, then is then they showed him. Gotham days later, though. That does not seem like you're being shown a dream at first. It seems like we're splitting to another scene, that at that point you're going to be, That's a oh, week whatever is going to be shown. And it says Gotham days later. And it did. I'm, they're like trying to play this idea of, oh, my God, like, oh, well, okay, it's a little over the top. I get it. It's a dream. The problem is, like you said, well, we first already know that the books will catch up to the, the Justice, the Justice League, League which is going to come up soon, where you're going to have a crossover with Action Comics. Superman's going to come back. So we know this can't happen. But then maybe go back to War World because he has to be teleported out of War World to go to get killed. But the, the problem that with that is, like, you know, we know then that in that backwards way that we know that this will never come to be because the Justice League will be dying later on anyway for the big event so it kind of throws that off there and even then throughout it it's giving john the idea okay i kind of he's like got a cheat code now he might know what they're going to do if it plays out this way if they can't stop it up to this point but even during this issue a lot of the things we have get to stop pushed aside. Day. john ends up trusting dreamer almost immediately yells at dreamer but then oh i'm dreamer oh yeah yeah i know all about you and then everything becomes legion of superheroes oh wait, I had well, that's this. the thing I had is that. you can trust dreamer right away just because you know about the idea of dreamer being a hero at this point in time and like because in the future you have dream girl the descendant of dreamer telling you what kind of like you know my ancestor dreamer inspired me to become dream girl this is our powers and our family and stuff like that you could still have like things different you can but I just the whole idea, like, you know, a dream girl has given, you know, John a bunch of stuff to give to her ans- their ancestor right now. So it's like, here you go. I can trust you because that, I hung out with this part, dream girl. That's the weird part, though. That's where you fudge it. And the, the thing is, again, Tom Taylor, they're really 
unless you say, you know, Bendix here in Dream World, there really aren't anybody we said that are bad. At one point when when Jay's like, oh, I have nowhere to go. I'm like, I need to go on that boat. Get in that boat and get out of there, that tugboat or whatever you had there. But That barge is just a target. <laughs> you end up having a deal of, oh, no, what are we going to do? And everything ends up being, oh, well, I was told in the future this, and I was given this, and I was given that. And then even then, Dreamer goes, well, also, I had a dream of what's going to happen. Like, everything is thrown in here, and I do think, unfortunately, I think that it's going to affect Action Comics as well. That whole deal of having Superman come back for two issues before he actually goes off and dies. I think it might have, you know, cut at the legs a bit of the war world and the story because this seems like a lot of things are pushed forward, especially like, oh, that Bendix stuff. I haven't even told anybody about that. Let me show it in a dream. That Bendix stuff. And it happens in a week's time. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be a week from now. But now if it does happen, like I said, you almost have the cheat code. You know what the attacks will be, where it'll be. You can kind of, you know, go and get through it. And we don't I think we only have one more issue until Superman comes back and we'll see how that plays out and if that's involved or whatnot. So with that, you've been wanting to see Bendix, the rising the and this, rising. and we get what it in it a dream. The connection to Lex Luthor, all of this stuff, and all of a sudden through a freaking, you know, so that's the worst thing. There's nothing more annoying in my mind than somebody saying, hey, I had a dream last night. You want to hear about it? The answer is always going to be no, no matter what you, <laughs> you want know, to think got, or you're talking about. I never want to hear about anybody's I dream. Was so the idea, I was eating the hokies. <laughs> Here's an entire issue about a new character. Let me tell you about a dream I had. Yes, it's prophetic, but also it doesn't mean anything to you because while I might have the cheat code and tell you about the future, you're reading all of DC Comics right now, so you know exactly what's going on and know that everything you'll see here is bullshit, where I want to actually have Henry Bennix be the fucking threat that she's telling me or they're telling me that they are, but I haven't seen it in this book outside of somebody telling me their goddamn dream. And I'm like, you need to do better in presenting this, and I need to know how Lex Luthor is involved. It is the crazy deal. That, that, like you said, you've been waiting to see what Bendix was doing. We wanted to see but the Lex Luthor connection. at least I got to know that Dream Girl gave John some like gloves for a Dreamer to wear so that their powers are better. So I, now I know the Dreamer's powers are better because of these gauntlets from the 31st century. <laughs> That's, That's what, what I got here. That's what we got. And and it's just a weird play. And and really the idea, if you're going to, and I... Thanks for coming out. I think Dreamer is here to you know, kind of push the story that much forward that quickly. I mean, there's not a lot of other ways you can do it in that where, okay, there's the threat. I mean, that idea up until this point, Bendix, he didn't seem like that much of a threat. It wasn't like he was a goofball. He was doing this no. thing, but he was more... kidnapping kids for some reason in other countries. And I didn't mind that, like, that play of we have to stop him because he's doing awful things. I didn't mind, but we were never getting that feel that he might take over the world. We have to get it in a dream. And in a dream, you have to go like, so the over the top. Of taking to give over it. the world, like eventually maybe you get there, but it really just seems more like about monetary gains at first. Because even the thing is like, all right, I'm going to kidnap kids. I'm going to make them so I'm their puppet master as well as giving them superpowers. But then I'm going to sell them to the highest bidder over here so everybody has their own superpowers. But we so even thought he was going to end up with, having a mind controlled sleeper agents as well. That I'm saying, thing might with, have spread. Well, everybody is going to be controlled by him. That's the thing. So it's the whole idea about it. But eventually down the line, as the dominoes topple, you could say, okay, now everybody thinks they're safe, but also I'm in control of their safety. So it doesn't really matter. So eventually you get down the line to the point where we're just killing off the Justice League by taking out all of Gotham in a week's time. Like the hell you said. My favorite thing is, is that Bendix doesn't have himself a dreamer. Eric, he's not one of, of a dreamer or a visionary because legitimately he's a dream what he's going to do it's going to fail. We know that it will. But if he would just wait like three months later, all the work would have been done by the darkness. He could have just sweat. 
he's going to go off now and probably try to stop the Just League, and he's going down now, right? Henry Bendix and his Gamora Corps could totally stop the freaking Just League that John Ken put together in Dark Crisis oh, yeah. number one. Yeah, that's what, and you know who this is? Well, he's not that bad of a threat, but against those, he's the biggest bad they've ever faced. Bendix is my son, Ethan, who ended up where he was in school. The pandemic was just about to get there, yes. And he ended up at that point dropping out of school two weeks before the schools were shut down and everybody was allowed to graduate anyway. He blew it. That's what Bendix is going to do that. And then he had to go back later. Oh, what a dummy. Uh, But yeah, with that, Bendix is going to end up, you know, tipping his hat, trying to do this. It's going to be out of the way. But again, you're going to have to do that anyway. I guess you could have Bendix. I mean, Bendix and the Rising could have been kind of a neat little deal on the side to maybe see fighting during the great darkness and things like that. He probably could have teamed up with Amanda Waller. What the hell is she doing on that Earth 3? Earth 3 stuff. Know? What's she doing now? We haven't even seen Unless any of the other books where she's here doing stuff. Who knows? But yeah, with all of that, we were really interested in this rising because of that connection with Lex Luthor. I would have assumed that if the story would have played out a little longer, Lex would have really looked like the bad guy until we find out he has the kill switch or something. And he was uh, like how Lex spins it. He was Fuck always yeah. the good guy. Damn right he is. Yeah. So, or he would have just Hashtag taken them for himself. But yeah, we'll we'll see more of Lex next week or the week after. He's but not doing the greatest things. But now Henry Bendix knows that Jay Nakamura is the leader of the truth that's been spreading all of this truth bombs on his ass. He's like, well, fuck, you know what it is? Get me freaking his mother, you know, the ex-president, you know, Nakamura, who I still have held captive here because we're going to do some weird shit to her, probably turn her into a Joker gas bomb or something along those lines, because now we're going to get back at Jay Nakamura. The Gamorian who laughs. It will be, Eric. Uh, what happened if he turns her into an actual chameleon-like thing, like Jay had the thing and uh, had that mask and kind of get it? The thing that plays here, though... Like, how, how do you give these powers? I don't know. Uh, you, mean, you mean me or Bendix? Because I don't like, know, you know either. What? I'm going to activate your post-human gene where your Joker gas comes out of your DNA. Exactly. Uh, the funny play here, I thought, was, again, to kind of force it. What would he have done with her if Jade was nobody? Like, you know, you end up just center one or whatever he says it is. Like, this is the person who was the president. Dissident he one. Dissident one. Like, she's just there as like this wild card. Oh, I got a, a card in my my back pocket well, there's there. no guillotine or pendulum for you it's post-human it's duty kind of weird the idea that she was just around and that's the idea okay now we're going to turn her post-human you would have thought maybe you would do that before she's the ex-president i don't know but it does play out now with that i do expect next issue you're gonna have to have a lot of balls to the wall deal and i do expect one of the plays here will be you'll get you know wink in the airy you'll get some of those characters the revolutionaries all coming in that maybe in a normal play of the dream of the dreamer that wasn't in play then maybe because I didn't really see them. I don't think, but maybe you'll end up showing the love of the people. I don't know. The problem is I don't know how, you know, much you can change the dreamers deal. How is it really accurate? Is it something because you don't get an explanation. I wish that there was an explanation from them about what that means more. It's just like, yeah, sometimes I dream things and then you just get to it to get there sometimes i dream and i i travel through dreams but i use the animals dreams and i don't want to do that again and it just ended up kind well, of being plopped on you and it was okay and i think no, that dreamer okay could be an okay deal but dreamer in this is one of the best things about the book it's not a lot going on but the introduction of this character and the way it's done because you don't hear this like the term trans one time because the thing is while i wish you would have that because it's a part I of wish who you, the character i is, think you should have said that 
I think that should have been spelled out. Agreed. But the thing is, a lot of times where you will have that, you'll have people come out who are against this I for know, whatever reason. Be all, they're just trying to shove it down our throats. And the thing is, that doesn't happen here. But you also don't get the idea of who the character is. Either. That's the maybe problem. we can like get there eventually. And maybe it doesn't matter because that's not how a person would act when they're introduced. Like, hello, I am so-and-so. I need this. But by the way, also trans, so you know. So it is done like in a decent way that allows you to figure this to have a normal conversation about the end of times. And hey, I need Superman's help. That is the best part, but everything about the powers, about Dream Girl and the future and all this other stuff, it just, it takes away from the book itself and what you actually want out of Henry Bennis. We just know the end times are coming and they're coming soon. And the fight is, you know, it looks good, but it's kind of silly because we know this can't happen. We know that this won't happen. So it will be that they'll be able to fight back, but it's still kind of neat to see and it's a dream and whatnot. Maybe you could have played, maybe the subtle way to do it would have been dreamer comes in Kalex scans you know obviously we'll have to see who that is and when the scan goes you end up having just a heads-up display that mentions even you know because maybe superman had a file already i don't know but okay seems down with dreamer for some reason oh, yeah but uh, you could have had that you know sex you know height all that power set maybe you sex, had that huh? way yes please. yes please is what i say as well but yeah you, you could have done it in certain ways but i do i do like that they ended up naturally having the character come in it did not seem forced again it's funny because why we're saying that is mainly because we want people to like this and we're afraid that if they do mention it some people will say it's forced and oh you you can't do that so it's almost like we're you know kind of defending it in a way but it's not so you can't say that it's It's, it's fine yeah I, i like the character enough i just didn't like that everything was oh by the way, I have this from the, oh, I got this from the future. I have this in the future. And everything kind of plays out very quickly. I think that there are some things going to get this done quick to get Superman. Like we have a character that comes out of nowhere to get progression for this book that refused to progress in anything that it's doing. And it's, and it's weird. It's still a dream. Whether the character's dreamer, it's still one of the most nonsense things you can do in a book. Have like a dream. You haven't shown me the threat of your villain. You just had somebody tell me about the dream to tell me, oh, yeah, this person's a threat because this person dreamed about it. John's there and he's like, holy crap, that that dream, it had horrible things. Was that the dream of my father being written by Tom King? Is that what was going on? <laughs> like the stuff that we saw horribly, what Bendix was doing, the utopia dream of Kal-El was, was worse. It was worse than that, Eric. It was genocide, it was. But what would you give this? I think the art and the introduction of Dreamer are great. But for the most part, the progression of this story, I'm telling you, even putting this on fast track out of nowhere feels weird. But taking like away from what we're doing just to introduce Dreamer felt weird, even though I enjoyed the character. And the character is the best part of this uh, uh, issue overall. But for how it's presented and what we get out of it, and by the end, I'm giving this a 5.9 out of 10. I'm giving this a 6.8. And the reason why I'm going a little higher is I do like Dreamer. I think that the uh, character was introduced pretty cool. And maybe we'll see and hopefully we'll see more of Dreamer then. I don't want it to be. And it really, if we don't, then we can really get upset. Like that's all they were here for, for that dream. But I do understand that. I think that Tom Taylor, he may have had to have come up with something. And it's uh, what am I going to do? I have to end this in one more issue. Taylor's and- just going to have this weird Superman squad together where it's John Kent, Superman, the airy wink and like Dreamer. It'll be the revolutionaries uh, Nakam- with them. Whatever Jay Nakamura is for like name going to be because he's like, he could phase through things. Phase through is his namer that's what i say phase two he's called i don't know i think that he goes off his mom gets reinstated in gomorrah they end up setting up they're going to be like the gomorian uh justice league uh is what i think will happen by the end but even then i was gonna say well you could wait because if you want to keep doing the bending stuff 
I guess you could wait till after, but we don't know what happens after Dark Crisis. You know, the idea that do you just go back like, whoo, that was tough. Oh, Bendix. And you start going after him again. Even if Cal wasn't coming back for these two issues coming up, you still have to, you know, put the pedal to the metal. We're getting to the point where they're going to catch up to John in the Dark Crisis and things. And I think that Tom Taylor, that's the thing that I I don't mind it as much in here because it looks like he's trying to do things to, you know, get to a point. He wasted a lot of time. This book wasted a lot of time at points. I'm not saying that all the time it was bad, but he was wasting time not giving us Bendix. You said it every time we talked about the book. You need to have the big bad villain there, not just, you know, standing around talking. And even and, when we did, when John would go, it almost felt like John forgot what he's doing and went off to do something else. Like, oh, I'll take care of Bendix it's later. It's funny. And, and at this point, I think why you get this dream of, I mean, the idea that Batman, Bruce Wayne gets outed and then shot in the head. You have to go that big because we never thought of him as any threat. And John didn't seem to think of it. And it was I more still of an don't. annoyance, right? It was more, yeah, I'm, well, he is in the dream world. Look, I've had nightmares before. They're scary, but I also Bendix, know they're not real. Freddy Krueger. Those yeah. are the two scariest. Bitch. And we're now the dream warriors, bitch. Let's here, go. super bitch. Hey, there's the rising, bitch. Rise this. I, I don't know. Pumpkin patch. Ooh, there you it's go. daddy's boy. Oh, my God. Oh, you sounded like Randy uh, Savage there. All right. Now we got that's now dreams. That's no longer nightmare, Eric. Uh, though I don't know. He he seems like he might have. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to hang out with him. He might have been a little like handsy. I don't I don't want to say that. Eric. I don't even a, know what that means, but OK. <laughs> I don't know. He's there. I'm telling you that in my mind, I think he now, put his hands on you in my dream there. He's like being awful. But Bret Hart, he comes and saves me and then somehow like puts me over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes and runs away or runs away. He does. Uh, yes, but yeah, I'm going to go 6-8. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to the next book. What is that, Eric? I am Batman number 11, written by John Ridley with art by Christian Doucet, Tom Derenek, Rex Locus, and Troy Pateri. And we're heading back to New York to see what's going on with Jace Fox, because previously, Jim just likes hitting No, I'm effects, not hitting it. Something's wrong. <laughs> sure. Keep going. Something no, is I'm wrong. You, I agree. I was actually typing in my score because I keep messing up with my book of the week. And somehow I think that those keys were kind of going with that. It was very odd. I was trying to write 6.8. 6. Was it 436? Look, 6.8. I'm doing it again. Okay, it rose at that time. All right, here we go, Eric. I'm sorry. But anyway, I really apologize for that. We, we, had, we had a psychotic killer on the loose. Jace Fox, you know, had to go up against it. That was me. Of course it was. I think it always was. <laughs> no. But, God damn it. I don't even know what I'm doing this podcast for. <laughs> Nine Jace years. Fox had to go up against Man Ray, a psychotic killer, for the idea that, you know, crazy follows Batman, even to New York. You put a Batman cow on, crazy is going to follow you. And this actually just, like, you know, really destroyed Jace Fox. We had to go, mm, go up against this character. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to have this big thing where all of the police are then want to murder Man Ray. And that's when this happened, Jace Fox went and was able to overcome Man Ray to the point where one of the detectives is going to murder him in cold blood right there, which forced Detective Chubb to shoot her fellow officer at the end of the last issue right there. We actually thought he was dead, but no, he's fine and well. So, but the thing is, I'm like, okay, this is all Man Ray's plan, almost along the lines of a Joker from the Dark Knight, where like, you know, this is only act two. We're just waiting for Man Ray to get in prison. This is going to be the next phase of chaos in New York City. And that's not the case. Man Ray is over. It's just Detective Chubb looking at that, like, you know, shooting a fellow officer and the fellow officer is letting her, you know, just go down. Almost like the idea where you turn somebody in as a rat, because I recently, over the last couple of weeks, or maybe a month now, watched that new Saul movie, Spiral, the, from the book of Saul with Chris Rock, wherein the whole thing is he's told, like, on a cop for, like, brutality, right? And for years after, he had to work by himself because 
He called in for backup and was shot because all the cops are saying, yeah, I don't think he really needs to back up and stuff like that. And that's essentially what we get here with Detective Chubb, where all the cops are turning on her because she, you know, shot a fellow officer who was going to murder a man in cold blood. And this is the whole thing. I'm like, okay, if you want to take this direction, that's fine. You want to fucking act. I only have Detective Chubb's only friend is Detective Whitaker, her partner, and Batman. You want to separate them from the rest of the, like, the police? That's fine. That's going somewhere. I really think that you actually could have done more with Man Ray, though. And especially because it I seems like this book too. is on the fast track to be canceled <laughs> and or well that's the thing it's the guillotine or editorial is looking at the sales and say look you got to do something different than you want because it's not working in the sales department what you need is commissioner renee montoya who's also the question to come from gotham and with that this book is losing more and more of its own identity that we thought it was getting by moving to new york that's my problem and i, I was trying to actually come up with it it's a weird way i was sitting there and i was eating my dinner trying to think of how am i going to explain what i i want to explain about this because we ended up saying that Jace going to New York, all right, he's going to get his own identity. But then all of a sudden you want more Batman, but that's not that because we're going away from him. And you're right, though. It's hard for me to explain the whole deal, but we would know if it was going to continue. You would have Batman show. I mean, if Batman showed up, then, you know, oh, they want to up the sales some crazy Which is deal. The Batman part because hand, but I need there to be a confrontation between Jace and Bruce Wayne like that, because Batman needs only to go have a little bit of somebody time, right? who's going by the fucking Batman yeah, moniker. Yeah, yeah. And. The, the problem is, is we go to New York and I thought and I said at the beginning where I think that they're doing something a little too late, like all of a sudden it's become more of the New York City, maybe, you know, almost like a Gotham Central type deal with Renee Montoya, Chubb, Whitaker. And in this issue, Jace is being left behind. And I like the idea of Jace with Man Ray, where it did end up being something that he was not used to. It was out of his element. Became he came personal. to New York, became personal and it scared him. This was the evil, almost like like the Jim Gordon talked about in the Joker book. This was when Non-stop, he finally saw this, this evil and he wasn't used to that. That motherfucker didn't shut up about the evil in that book. With that, when Chubb ended up shooting the other officer, I told you, I think that this book's going to shift where Chubb's going to be in big trouble. They're going to go. But that makes it more of a Chubb book. And it kind of does do that, which I don't like. But some of the things are OK. But when you end up at this point, you know you have a target on your back. Everybody. I mean, she walks around the, the precinct and no, but they're giving her the stink eye at three ways from Sunday. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, Whitaker, her partner gets this. Oh, I got this tip to go here. Don't go there. You know, this is going to be a setup because we knew from the beginning with Detective Chubb and Whitaker, because the first thing we saw of them was from future state with the, you know, the Jace being the Batman, right? And then like being the people in, in Gotham. So things would change from that future state, but that's where we first saw them. And, and then I am Batman started and they like, where the cops were then going to, the, to like New York where Jace is going as well to continue off that weird spinoff kind of feel of the show that we had going on. But at this point in time, we haven't really seen a lot of Whitaker. He's been off to the side doing his own thing. Now he's like, you know, back to being the partner of Detective Chubb, which is great because I want to have this. And we also saw that, you know, Whitaker comes to a weird bad end in future state. Let's see if that continues. But for distancing Chubb from the rest of the New York City Police Department, it feels really weird because while you have her being, you know, annexed by the rest of the cops who refuse to go and help her when she needs backup. To, and before that, we had a big thing where she was in charge of Strike Force Bat. She had a team, and now those guys are gone. They're just. Dis- they're never even brought up. Strike Force Bat's never brought up once in this anymore. I'm like, what happened to that concept? An, an officer that ends up on the scene and ends up shooting a fellow officer to stop that officer from seemingly shoot Batman or Man Ray 
it's going to be a little bit of investigation. I think both of them would be at home, you know, paid leave or whatnot as they investigate. I think that the play here is you are fast tracking the deal of one of the interesting things were the the fat force, you know, that whole strike force, strike force where fat. Chubb was in charge but hates Batman. And so I think that you end up having John Ridley desperately trying to figure out, maybe not desperately, but trying to figure out, okay, how can I get Chubb on the side of Batman really quick? Well, how you do that is make everybody else the enemy and have Batman in this come and say, listen, I always have your back. Boom. They are now full partners. And I think that this would have been something that would have been a whole arc played out through this. You would have had more of, you know, Chubb going to, you know, the foxes for the the legal representation, having all this. And it just seems like they're just going to kind of get through it. And, it's, and again, this seems again, more. I don't know how that works, but I, th- I feel through the union would do something different from well, that. Well, they like, might. You know, but the I thing is, I think that Chubb may end up like, I can't trust any of that. I don't know how the play or may even resign because of all that. But they would have probably been. I mean, they fired guns at each other. They would have been at home. But it's so it's more comic booky. But it's not because we had Man Ray, which I thought that was very interesting. And when you said you had the, oh, man, you know, Gotham came with him. I thought there was a little play of this isn't quite Gotham. Man Ray was more of like a a classic serial killer, but, you know, a little over the top. So I didn't mind it. Now that you have Montoya just show up, hey, I'm here. Now Gotham is I'm here to... To replace Commissioner Beckett as the police commissioner of the New York City Police Department, but also, I'm the question. And I love the idea. The only thing that I love here is just the shade thrown at any mayor, and especially what's going on now in Gotham. Oh, she could run for mayor. Just the idea that Mayor (laughs) Villanueva wants to come bring her over here to hire as a new commissioner to save face for like all the like racist stuff that Beckett put out there before he was murdered by Man Ray and stuff like that. The idea like, all right, you bring a woman of cover over here who's commissioner of Gotham, stuff like that. The idea, though, why would she take this job? Because that Mayor Nakano and Gotham such a piece of shit that she could run for mayor and win no problem. Yeah, they even say that guy has messed every. I like the idea, too, though, as they're saying in this. He doesn't have a vision for the future. I, I don't know. Villanueva is even, you know, skewing the things of the idea of, oh, man, she really tightened up the police force and Gotham recently. I'm like, no. No, I mean, Nakano's It's been at least bad. three months since we had a fear state. The whole town is on that. The city's on fire constantly, and the police are but never only to part be found. Of the city. But they're no, you, you, <laughs> the only time you saw the police, for the most part, the most thing were when they were in Alley Town knocking heads. That was their biggest presence. Holy crap. And Christ. they got a promotion for that. A commendation, Jim. Yeah, really. I'm telling you, Renee's like, I see you this. knock heads as well as they did. She knows that she could probably be mayor, and go, who wants to be? Like, I'm getting out of it. When you want to go to New York City to become it. Who did we have? I'm trying to think because I, I don't remember who our uh, interim mayor was, but I think James Tynion IV killed off Mayor Hill during his Detective Comics yep. run with the Shadow War, or not the Shadow War, the, uh, the the League of Shadows. And then like, okay, no mayor for a long time. That's and then the showed up. I was just going to say, a lot of times they have the the big play is the wow factor of, oh my God. And it always is like, a villain that's trying to get a Batman or, or they're, do- oh my God, the mayor's dead. And then seemingly for three years, there's no mayor. And then they get Nakano. Holy moly. He had a, they got a, a vision. All right. This up, even though he's dead in Batman right now, but Penguin should run for mayor once again. <laughs> actually, yeah, that, he would win this. Actually, the way that yeah, this plays out, the way it plays out. If you want to play that game of having a villain be mayor, this is the prime and right time to no do it. There's no reason in my mind that sense. Blockbuster can't be the mayor of Bloodhaven right now because the, everything's corrupt. There's no reason he can't win. 
You would have them go. I mean, you could even paperwork. You could even have the Riddler. The Riddler shows up. Riddle me this, assholes. Listen, vote no, for me. No, I'm, no I'm telling you, vote for me because I'm the one who did all the shit. Now I'll be mayor. I won't do it now. That's how you stop me. Make me mayor. All right. And then he has his radio Riddler thing, and he's everything's a freaking Riddle. You go to vote for him, and you have to answer six riddles. I don't even know riddles. how, because I, the riddle, I don't, I don't get the freaking voting form. It's a and riddle. And that's what I'm saying. The voting form's there. I'm like, I don't understand this. And then next thing you know, nobody's voted in. All of a sudden, this this became like real life. Yeah, yeah, really. It's the write-in vote. <laughs> Ralph I don't Wiggum vote. I don't won. understand how this works. And he's there like, oh, I need to do this. Put this lever up there. I don't know. It's a riddle, it is. Uh, but yeah, when you go into this, you do have some things that really feel like, okay, we're really pushing this along. We had some progression of the fox family but at this point tam comes out she's there with her cane walking around like she has done on- physical therapy and in turn if she wanted to if she said so right now the fox family are done with new york city because the only reason they're here is for tam's physical therapy even though it feels like she just fucking woke up and we just got to do her physical therapy is now done she just needs to have a cane and they can get out of there like no I think we should stay in New York City. Okay, Tam. And then there's this we'll try to get background. your dad and your brother, right? Yeah, like Luke and maybe like Lucius. Maybe we can get them to come along at some point too. But Tiff's just in the background is freaking, you know, pissed off everybody still, even though it seemed like in the previous issue she was getting over this for the idea of like, you know, going and helping women that need help like that her mom was talking about previously. Again, that, everything like, seems like we missed a couple issues. It really and does. And now that seems to be gone. She's pissed off again. But it does seem like it's pushing towards the idea of fighting for people who can't fight for themselves, where she might just become a new kind of rock. Oh, she feels like that. And I mean, that's where the book might be able to, if we weren't getting towards Dark Crisis or whatever it would be, because at little do they know, old Lukey boy, he's in the space zoom with Harley. And then you might have an opening with a Batwing or something like that, where she could even do that. But the thing is, Tam comes in, she's putting on the Ritz. she got that cane and stuff. And I'm so awful. Because I it's go, true. I still she can't walk, Jim. She's not putting it on the Ritz. <laughs> She's putting on the Ritz. I end up where I still go with that idea that she was a drug user. She ends up saying that. Oh, everybody thinks that. Well, that's what it, it was, was originally. Her, Jim. Well, originally she was into the snake bites and things, but then they overdosed her. So I'm sitting there, I'm reading, and she's like, oh, woe's me. I'm like, yeah, stop, get away from the pipe there, bitch. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so awful. Because then she even says, and I like, I thought that was a funny dig. By John Ridley of like, you know, everybody heard this and they think I'm a drug user. I thought that was a clever way to pull it in. Though their mom looks like she aged like 70 years in this. She got real old real quick in this. That's maybe New York that, Minute will maybe, do Maybe I'm telling you, maybe that's where we missed a couple issues or something. She aged up. But I do like the idea of Tiff so you got a few, New asserting York few herself. Hours. Yeah, uh, Tiff's asserting herself. She's mad. She seems, in my mind, like Jace is looking like, oh, crap, she's starting to get like me like this is my anger that i had or at points yeah or look but even then where he's like okay and that seemed out of nowhere like you, you said know, but, he decided to do mma and then become a vigilante because he was well adjusted and luke was doing fun that that mma is there maxi zeus had that, I don't think anybody remembers that going part on either. that was fun that was a lot of fun but like luke is just presented as a tech guy anymore not the fact that he could actually kick a lot of ass that's why i'm hoping that stephanie phillips with the thing with harley that we get some things but i think he's there for the tech i'm telling you oh, totally. it, it will be that it's not lashina yeah yeah so then you end up in where again that it throws me off here is i do want to see more jace i mean yeah there's jace there with his family but then well, we have Vol to go off has to just gotten him a new bat cave a freaking bat complex if i don't even i don't that. even barely understand how the they, they pulled that off it's like hey we had this building that's already here but we're gonna get it it's kind of cool 
And uh, they have that. But in the meantime, you have Montoya and Chubb, and they they did have an an out. That's why Chubb came to New York. She kind of got kicked off to that. And Montoya comes in and tries to maybe... You know, be a little bit nice about it, but nah, Chubb's no. pissed. I don't know. She ends up any bits no, of this. Chubb does, and I'm saying Renee seems to be able to be nice enough. Let's just say that your old boss comes to you and tries to be nice to you. Are you going to be happy about it? Well, no. And and the funny thing is, I was watching uh, a little bit of Parks and Rec today again, and it reminds me of Audrey Plaza's character and Anne when Anne yeah. would try to be nice, and she just like get away from me, slut, walk away. That's what it was <laughs> like. It made me giggle. Uh, but at least she's there. I like the idea where I expected, though, because of how this ends, I expected that you'd have Renee Montoya like, hey, I got a question for you. Like at the end, you kind of get that. But as this is going on, you do have Whitaker, who I thought really I was scared that he actually sold out Chubb. But we know that that wouldn't happen. But says, listen, I got a you know little deal. This, this is how it always happens. I got a, a hint that they're going to have this going down here. Hey, anybody else know about this? CIA gave up a location. Yeah, and it's like, no, nobody else knows, and we'll go there. All right. I'm like, no, not at this point when you've had, right before that, these awful police officers basically saying, hey, Chubb, you better not go out or we're going to shoot your ass. I mean, they might as well just uh, send a telegram. Better watch right your back, I love meat that. bag. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what does that mean? I hope <laughs> something bad or unfortunate doesn't happen to you when you're <laughs> on the you. beat later just, on 15 yeah. minutes from now. Hint, hint. What size coffin do you wear, bitch? <laughs> oh my god, it's Freddy Krueger again. You better not go no, to the pumpkin Keenan. patch, bitch. But yeah, th- what does this that guy- mean? What does that mean? Better not go to the pumpkin <laughs> patch. <laughs> I don't know. Is that just a warning because you don't like Halloween? It, well, better that is that there? is true. Don't go. It's like it's like back in the day, people respected things more. You know, the pumpkin patch. But uh, the idea that she walks into the office there. You have all these assholes all startled around, and then they stop, look at her, looking like they're going to kill her right then and there. She threatens them, also punches the guy later. But they hey, Chubb, hey. you all right? Heard you had a little trouble writing a parking ticket or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Hey, Thought. you know, somebody might be gunning for you. And so she goes off, like Whitaker. And you should be smart enough to know that you don't want to get Whitaker in shit. Like, I love their the firefight hits. I mean, there's go. Whitaker is so out of it. I don't understand what's happening. Chubb's like, they're after me. Get out of here. How? How is he going to get out of there? They're in the middle of a firefight. And that's where Batman comes in. And I said, Jace is there because I think this is the fast track to, okay, now Chubb will fully trust him and actually like him. He yeah. did save and, and not even she just got save nobody her. else having her back. Might as well have a bat. And Whitaker. I mean, I don't think that she'd ever at this point be able to, you know, forgive herself if Whitaker died. And he ended up, Jace came and saved him, put himself in there. And knowing that also, I think the little side deal is, is that those police officers already tried to kill Batman. It's not like they're going to stop because Batman came down. They're going to try to kill him as well. So they're full out together. And then Chubb just walks into the office and punches. I do like where you have that. And there are all these police officers. There has to be something else going on, but you have to have them there. Their feet are up. They, hey, who got Drinking the donuts? The <laughs> like, what the? But yeah, they end up where, yeah, she's pissed. She knows that they're trying to kill him. This has got to be something where, she can't stick around. You got to figure out what you're going to do going here. On because why? I wanted there to be a you know another chapter, another arc to that man race story going forward. We've now sacrificed that to go off here because n- not the idea of Chubb and like against the police and vice versa, but beyond that, when we we're taking out Man Ray previously, we just had you know 
Jace is a lady love talking about the idea of what was called the hot list. The hot list. About this thing where like, you know, this thing that knows everything about everybody. And maybe as we find out in this, this hot list actually does exist. And that's maybe why Mayor Villanueva was on Man Race targeting, like, you know, Bullseye was out on him and stuff like that. So it feels like we really just, you know, gave up Man Ray just because of this one blurted out line previously about a hot list that could take out everybody, take down everybody who's ever done anything wrong or something along those lines. And I'm like, what's going on? Because when Villanueva is out and about trying to figure out why he was targeted, he ends up talking to a guy and like, don't ever call me again. Trust me, Mayor, or not. You don't want Mr. Dreadful coming around. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck Mr. Dreadful is, but it sounds very dreadful. I like the idea that that's just like he came up with that nickname. Like, well, what the f- Mr. Dreadful? And my wife gave it to me. I'm a big pessimist. But now we have we have given up the what I would like to call like the Joker of New York with this man, right? The psychotic killer that j- scared the shit out of Jason, beat the ever loving piss out of him with a fucking spiked iron. Now we have to sacrifice that for a pseudo like not pseudo, but just an urban legend of a list and a possible guy named Mr. Dreadful. I'm like, I don't know if that's as cool as what we had previously. No, it's not. And I know that what you want, and, and one thing I'll say about Villanueva, he legitimately doesn't seem like he's guilty of anything. I mean, you don't go to a guy and say, am I on the list? You know if you're on that list, and you would know if you did something. Yeah, he's probably done so. He even says at one point, even when Jace and the question are talking, and even the other things, in, in politics, you are I going call to it naughty list. Yeah, really. You are going to do some, you know, little shady things, but not real uh, like the crap that they were going on. So he seems a little confused, like he doesn't know if he's on. And if he is, he just had sex with a dead prostitute while videotaping. Is that it. a big I mean, deal? I mean, seriously, it's New York. He I mean, paid that's the a dead Tuesday, body. right? But yeah, I think that the player is that he because he says, am I on that? Like he would know. So I do like that as as you see Jace watching. And then ends up where the question comes. But with all this, and, I think oh, no, that- no, not even that, though, Jim, the idea that we're sacrificing Man Ray for the hot list, which I don't want to a guy named Mr. Dreadful. And at the end, when Renee Montoya shows up to Jace dresses the question, which is cool, but says, who really murdered Anarchy? I'm like, we're fucking back to that. We've been out of Gotham for a bit now. We're dealing with the murder of anarchy again. I thought that you would. It would elevate your score. Absolutely not. It actually Last took it down. week's podcast, you actually said to me. Who As ended a joke. up killing Anarchy? Remember, we were just joking about Anarchy. And you're like, what the hell happened to him? Who did that? Look, the thing is, it's not the idea that it was a joke. It's just that it felt like a loose thread that was never tied up. But the idea that we're this far removed now and we're going to tie it up feels really weird because we're sacrificing a story that I did care about to get back to it this long, like, removed. I know what you wanted. You wanted to have this idea of there's Villanueva, like, I shouldn't be on this list, whatever. And then you cut to the jail with Man Ray. <laughs> One down, three to go or something. Like, Damn see right. that he's involved. That's, I thought we were going to get that. Who killed Anarchy now? But that's what we would have gotten, that you wanted to have this idea where, oh, we got rid of Man Ray. Oh, no, he, he's Obi-Wan. He's more powerful it's, now it's in jail. It's just that scene like in the Dark Knight movie where the Joker's arrested yeah. and taking the freaking processing. That's he's just waiting plan. for the next phase of his plan to go down because this is what he wanted. That's it what I wanted for Man cool. Ray. It would have been kind of cool. But now. Is it cliche? Maybe, but it's what yeah, I wanted. And he's just an artiste, Eric. And now he's. Yeah, he is. Hopefully they don't have him like pressing pants in jail. Just imagine that all every everybody's pissed off at him because he's like, you know, messing up all their their work scrubs. We didn't even see what he looks like outside of his mask. No, no, we did not. We just got Man Ray, one of the worst names for a villain ever, unless they're Aquaman villain. I mean, it would work then for me. Not not here. Not for Batman in New York City. It just doesn't work. But 
what would you give them? I, think I, I really enjoy the art, and I like like the progression of you know the small little bits in the background of getting the helix, the bat helix, where like a, a layer for Jace Fox, whether it works for you or not, because it has it's this okay. weird like futuristic seventies like vibe, which is really cool. And Jace seems to dig it, which I really <laughs> like as well. <laughs> it was but weird. I thought he hated it, and then he liked it. It's the small little things that I enjoy from this book, like that bit with Vol, the bits of like you know the Fox family and stuff like that. that's what I'm really enjoying. But when you have the idea of like. The stuff that I did like is being pushed aside. We're fast tracking onto something new that was barely mentioned to start up and also having, you know, Renee Montoya be a thing where you're just taking away the individualistic identity of a book that's trying to fucking be individual like while still calling itself Batman is crazy and you're taking it away. So I'm giving this a six out of ten. Yeah, the thing is those seats and things in that, you know, so cool. helix, it, it reminds me of something that Greg Brady would have in his uh, oh, attic yeah. room. Justice Johnny Bravo smoking pot. I don't so need that. Badass. I don't need that That's shit. All also, I need. when you see those like round things, it looks like they're for little babies. What is it? A, a thing for ants? I don't know. But the funny thing These is, little round things. I, yeah, yeah. I might like this more, but really, with everything else going, I'm thinking you only got probably three issues, four issues left. Like now, we're gonna get a base. Like really, and that's the problem. This book as I'm saying at least five. Well, you end up, if anything, it would maybe get to December, but I kind yeah, of think that maybe you have that tie into Dark Crisis and then boom, it's January out. We'll it's see. over. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, but you don't have a lot to go. But and, and maybe we're completely wrong. Maybe you continue. The sales are dropping. At one the point, way they the story good. progressed here feels so freaking janky that something happened and it needed a shakeup. Either it's getting canceled or editorial said sales suck and you're going to get canceled if you don't get things on. What I was going to say is you ended up at one point where we thought it was very smart to take them to New York City. They should have started that way. You should have already have been out of Gotham. Maybe, you know, a couple issues, then get out of Gotham, make that work. But at issue 11, if you're still there trying to make it work, it's not working then. I mean, if you're trying to do it at this point, it isn't working. So you, you're probably done and they just want to get to an end, which is a shame. Uh, what did you give it? I gave it a six out of 10. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go six, five. I'm a, I'm a little, but I liked it. And I like the stuff with Jace. I do like this. I like Chubb. Chubb's sassy. That is she's sassy. Eric. And I like that she stands up. But even at that one point, I know that John Ridley is going to try to prove, you know, not prove, but try to have a point with the whole deal with corrupt police and things like that. But this book, actually, for everybody worried about that, it hadn't been as much like that. There's a bunch of things in here with Bill and Nueva that kind of get thrown in uh, that seemed a little teeny bit out of place. But they make sense in the story. But overall, I still do like it. But you're not giving me a reason still to say that you need to like we like it but jace that they, they needed to get him more individual character himself in this and they they struggled with it john ridley like struggled even with vol it just time. feels like oh he's just the tech character you don't really know a lot about vol or really care about vol he's just the oracle didn't did you like vol more like we if we never saw him he was like charlie and charlie's he angels charlie, exactly that's what i wanted and one and in this you see him. He is like, you know, he is, there's so much heat on him from all the black ops stuff. Him and Jake said he yeah. can't even like come out for like, you know, to like daylight because yeah, daylight, I wish such we never saw him. Back. I wish we never. I thought I, that would have been a cool mystery of wondering who it is even. And when I see him here, I'm like, why is this guy like 80 times better looking than me? This guy can't be seen. Say that about most people. He's like a model. This guy. He is sexy. This dude in here. And yeah, I think that he might want it like you. You're very vain. At points, he's going to end up dead because he's just got to go out to be seen. He's so good looking. He's going to go out. But we're going to go to the next book. This, what I thought was the end, is not. It's the Rogues number three. It's written by Joshua Williamson with art by Leo Max, not Leo Sayer. 
Paraphilia Max, Jason Wordy, Jason, me, <laughs> and you. you. You got it. It's just for you. And Hassan Atsame El Hua, who's a letter in a lot of books. And in one of the books, I think it was over at Marvel, maybe, or whatever it was, it that uh, was said that he is a rock star letter. A rock star he was, Eric. And we continue this rogues book. And I do like it. It's one of those just side deals. It's a black labeled. And yeah, you you pick it up where you end up seeing. And and in this, I don't know if everybody thought that everybody was going to get out alive here. It wasn't going to happen. And people are starting to die left and right. But I do like the reactions of that. And I like that in this, you have that inside deal. You also mentioned Gorilla Grimm that we see full out here, which I thought was pretty cool. But Sam Simeon, he's there. And he wants Grodd dead. All the shit and crap that Grodd has done to him, he wants him dead. He wants to end up, you know, doing stuff. And you find out it's also probably to do with the idea. It's just this drug empire, all this stuff that he's kind of tainted. (laughs) Gorilla Gorilla City City for all the, like, you know, the technological marvel that it is, for all the gold that they're sitting on. When we found out, like, 10 years ago at the beginning of the story, it's like, Grodd only cares about power. He has all this gold he's sitting on because he doesn't care about monetary wealth. He just cares about the power he has. So it just sits there like he's a fucking smaug, a dragon sitting on his gold hoard. And now the idea is like, oh, no, they got all that shit because they sell smack. Oh, all right. And and the thing is, it's, it's you know, it's Grodd. He's a villain. I think that the idea of that should be a little more like, oh, my it's God. It's such look a weird idea. We're, we're in the future, though, but Gorilla City comes off as a 1970s New York City. And even the idea where Grodd is the king of Gorilla City he honestly just comes off as kingpin to me from like the Daredevil TV show where he just keeps yelling about Vanessa and stuff like that. Because even when his wife is here, and, like, you know, when she showed up last issue with his baby and like, you know, before he had to act like Grodd, you know, and he's now he's he's apologizing almost like kingpin would to Vanessa. Like, like, you know, I didn't want Vanessa to see me like this. You know, he's like, I'm sorry. You know, I have to do this. I love you and my son so much. But he really just comes off as almost like Vincent D'Onofrio. And uh, as Kingpin in this whole thing, it's so funny to me. It's like, it still bothers me the way that Gorilla City is portrayed because I just wanted something different than a weird 1970s New York vibe. But it's kind of funny. Like everything feels like that except for that that freaking Fort Knox bank that has all the gold. Everything That's a technological marvel of freaking ape robots. But the rest of it, everybody's just dressed like an asshole from the 1970s. Yeah, like, and it's almost even that tie in, you know, you hey, they're the mob. You know, you have this deal. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? I didn't think that it was... The the best thing where you end up having uh, Grodd say that he didn't want to like, oh, I could I wish I would have spent more time with my kid in front of Grimm. I thought that that was a little bit of like showing a little weakness there, but it was fine. I also don't like seeing gorillas smoking, Eric. I'm against that. I just want to go on the record that gorillas shouldn't smoke. But you end up through this. They should shoot where, up. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because, again, because of this book and it's, you know, this black label, awful thing. But this would be, in my mind the equivalent almost of where you find out like and maybe black panther doesn't even know but you find out that vibranium mound it's actually meth eric the whole time and all that because you end up wanting to have all this technological stuff there and why they're away and yeah they're just drug suppliers and they they end up even having humans <laughs> it even there seems doing like the it. idea that all the human slaves that we saw and talked about previously just a little bit the idea that people come in here to work because they owe a debt to grod and you have to work and all stuff like that they're just essentially standing around in their underwear now and gas mask and just on assembly they're line, the line for smack. assembly line <laughs> oh, that's the meth that's the heroin that's the h and that's the k Right, the K. You end up where special I, K. I got you, and I do like Kennedy. this. Oh, special K. I thought you meant uh, special G. That's a cereal. No, that's oh, special okay. G. You end up where the whole play is. Everybody's Respawn using each back. other as they end up doing in these things, and even the rogues, they are afraid. 
you know, the ones that really dealt with well, Snart, they that they be. think that he's going to sell him out, even though he's not really here, but he is, but he isn't. He's just not telling him the whole plan because it gets bigger when you end up having Sam say, yeah, I'll tell you the way to go in out here, but you got to kill Grodd. That ends up upping the ante and nobody would have been involved probably if they knew that at first. And again, what are you going to do? You break into a floor. Honestly, the killing Grodd is the easiest part about all of this because like Sam Simeon's coming in here. He realizes what Leonard Snart wants to do is stealing all this stuff. And I'm like, look, I will. T- I freaking helped build this whole thing. I laid the blueprints for this stuff. There's only one way in and out. You do all of this, and then you make sure that you get in before any of this happens. I'll make sure that the alarms don't trip. I just need you to kill Grob because he's a bit of a jerk, dickhole to me. He's my grandfather. I fucking hate his guts. So let's just kill this freaking ape for me. And I'm like, okay, that works. And I just think that is the easiest part of the plan because Grodd is going to show up or like we can do whatever thing, especially if we have Evan freaking, you know, mirror gun. Let's just freaking, you know, open a portal in Grodd's bathroom mirror, shoot him in the face with a freaking cold gun and days over. Let's go take our gold bricks. True. But the biggest problem of this story is when we get in there, we have like, you know, we have a whole crew of badass rogue members for the future and Bronze Tiger for some reasons here. It doesn't, I don't know why, but he's here. We are taking out ape guards left and right. Everybody has their job to do. You know, hey, Evan, open up a mirror portal. We got all these gold bricks to do. And I'm just sitting there as I'm reading, like, how the fuck are we going to get any of these gold <laughs> bricks where they need to go? I and know. then when they have Magenta use her magnetic powers to take them on, I'm like, gold's not magnetic. What the hell are we doing here? They made it seem less magnetic and more of almost like a force field type deal. That's how I was kind of playing it. At, but it is a little off. The way that he skews like, that, it's a little it weird. But like, are we creating a magnetic force field around these to move? Because that's like she does that in order to, to fly, and like you know. But when they have the whole thing, I'm like that's one of the biggest problems that I had with like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. They had all these things where like the the like gold was going and like uh, being magnetized by this crystal skull of this alien. I'm like. Gold's not my, they even said it in the, in the movie, but they never explained it. Yeah, again, I mean, that's just so that you end up having Magenta overworked. You end up having that in these stories. Well, not only overworked, but a way to move well, all these gold bricks. Well, I'm she's going to move them, but Those fuckers are heavy. How are you going to do this? And when you do this, you end up having the idea that anything like this, and especially like a mob heist deal, you never trust everybody that you're with, but also... The person or the people who start getting greedy, that's when the plan goes off. And at one point, they could have gotten out of there. They say, let's go. We don't need all the gold. And you end up having crazy stars. I want all the gold. And Magenta is having some problems. She's really struggling to do that. She's magnetizing things that can't be magnetized. And then she dies. (laughs) And yeah, that sets off things of even having Mirror Master. Like, you know, she didn't need to go through that. You ended up using us. You ended up grabbing us because we were vulnerable and we were easy to grab so screw you and now the plan is is on the shit there's a small little bit in a few pages of this when evan's talking about what he needs to do because evan is our uh, mcculloch is our escape our getaway driver essentially he uses the mirror gun and the thing is anybody could just use a mirror gun but they need evan because he's done this before to navigate the mirror verse right the mirror world and do this and i love this idea in the background the reason that evan is such a heavy drug addict and has been in rehab and just a mess of a human being is because the mirror verse messes with you it is it fucks up your mind and that's why evan is the way it is i love this little bit of the side story and we're not dealing with any of it because evan gets killed right here and now and we're not dealing with any of it the thing that i get though is like the, you should have thought this before evan but even then the play before he kind of goes down would have been funny because the gold is in the mirror verse right now it ends up going into that but again 
These are the sort of things. This is like Reservoir Dogs. He closes so the portal. The whole thing of Reservoir Dogs is the cool thing of getting the idea of the plan, but then seeing the plan completely get fucked up and seeing how they react. And you have awful people reacting in awful ways where then all of a sudden it is like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? And Oh, my God, I found out that Snart ended up making a deal with Sam and all this all. And then out of nowhere, because they're doing all this and they run into certain people and whatnot, you end up having Trickster as Rod's son. Ta-da! With that. And I actually, I, I thought that was funny. It was weird, but he's like, yeah, I thought I could have him. And when you were talking about a heist movie, you're waiting for just the idea of that thing, that, that bad thing to happen where this plan starts falling apart and it's dominoes is dropping left and right for just the worst thing possible to happen because you have everyone doing their jobs. You have half the rogues creating a distraction in the main bank part of the building where, like, you know, Heat Wave is burning some people freaking, you know, and we're just making fire everywhere. Bronze Tigers beating the shit out of ape guards, and Tricksters is keeping the crowd controlled. But when he sees Gorilla Grodd's, you know, wife and child there, not knowing it's their wife and child, and says, He got man, I'm gonna, take little, me, right? I'm gonna take me that baby ape because when we get done all this, yes, we're gonna be set up for life. But for some reason, the trickster wants to continue his stage show and he wants himself a talking yeah, ape. Yeah, he wants a talking and, ape. He thought and that as was As I see this go down, as I see him interacting, where, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing, he's just uh, get down on the ground, relax, whatever, but he's talking to Gorilla Grodd's wife and child. And then when you see later on that he has my, you just doomed everybody. Everybody here is going to die because of what you just did right here and now, Trickster. You have Gorilla Grodd's child, the goddamn prince of Gorilla City. You were all fucked. Congratulations. And Trickster's killed right here. Oh, yeah. One of the funniest thing, though, is at the beginning when you end up having the toy monkey. I love when they end up this like, what is this racist thing goes like, man, this is really offensive shit. Like when he looks at that made me laugh so much. Like how it played that deal and how you're you playing know the with tricks the are that. He's just making oh, yeah. bad choices left Again, and right. Again, that's what I'm saying. You didn't need like the one thing he's like, oh, distracting with this. But I'm telling like you, it, when shit falls apart completely, like the gold is in the mirror verse, freaking you no know, magenta's dead. Freaking Evan is dead. The freaking mirror gun is left behind. And like, you know, Snart has to get out of there when he can get the back together with, you know, Golden Glider and uh, and Bronze Tiger and Heat Wave and stuff like that. And Trickster, when you have everything that's flowing around there and then Trickster pulls his bullshit of stealing this goddamn ape. And this like Lisa Snart, like a Golden Glider, loses her mind to the point where she slits his fucking throat with her goddamn Brutal. ice skates. I'm like, yeah, the, everything is just over now. Everything, there's no coming back from this, and I'm sad to say that I can't see any happy ending for any member of the rogues this fucking time around. And I, I would hope that, again, I think that the play here is, you're right, and up until that point- You don't need shades, because this future is not bright for fucking Leonard Snart and his crew. Lisa had been pretty good, pretty, now she just, sli- even if it's Trickster, she just sliced his neck, and she goes, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Like, even before that, it was kind of cool to see her- go and and use the skates and get by the the robot gorillas and do yeah. the on the keypad it was really neat the way that they played that out and i actually saw people not liking the art i liked it because it it's was okay. so it's not my thing i thought it was cool because it was so like kinetic at, at points where shit is going down and going awful and you get that feeling even from the art it's very exciting looking if i would say but when she slices trickster's throat i'm like what the hell is going on here? The house of cards is falling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's done and it's bloody. He ends up like, hey, look at this monkey. I'm going to use Even Heat no, Wave no, no. is shot at this point and bleeding out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in trouble. And it's funny. At one point when Heat Wave goes and says, hey, uh, you know, Snark, can you use my gun and cauterize the wound? I thought at first he was saying that about Trickster. I'm like, don't bother. He is done. <laughs> and, oh, just, imagine, just imagine the mindset <laughs> of some lunatic like, hey, 
I think he's pretty bad <laughs> off there. I need you to take this flamethrower and cauterize his throat. Yeah, to his jugular. Now, I, I just want so I actually want a character who's so out of touch that you would actually have to oh, that be, be a hilarious. Thing. So with that, you also end up having I don't think it's gonna work, buddy. Sam oh, okay. Simeon, he knew the way in. He wanted to get rid of Grodd. He's pissed off. But in the meantime, Grim, Gorilla Grim. The right hand man of Grodd. Yeah, and he's kind of like the police chief. Right-hand he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, ape. Head of security. And head of security. Kind of plays off like that enforcer in a mob deal so he's kind of going around he's got his jacket and shit on right well, that's the thing is right now if you want to call it if grod's the emperor fucking grim is darth vader yeah and he goes and the problem is sam was on the up and up but the he, grim had done something besides that well, grim made a back door that they didn't tell sam about you know and, and he says uh, you know and that's he didn't trust him fully and like hey i well i forgot to tell you that oh my goodness so all the plan is coming down around them and they are freaking out and they're trying to figure it out at that point snart even says you know hey sam's here and sam goes i thought it was just going to be you that was going to be here we're going to do this like you sold this out everybody's pissed and then they end up running and run into full out meth lab and that is like holy shit i like that they're in that like observation deck just like what the fuck did we get involved with look at this shit and now that kind of you know, changes things a Everything's bit. Everything's just well. bad news bears yeah. at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, that's because, when all hell breaks because loose. Because and- even the idea, let's just let's just consider this a mob situation, or even the idea, let's some backwoods fucking marijuana growers back in the day when weed was totally legal, uh, illegal everywhere. But the idea, let's say we have these assholes here. Yes, they're trying to steal from us, but also they have all this information that could bring us down. And now you can't leave here alive with what you've seen and done. And now the only thing that's going to keep them alive. Is Trickster's bullshit because Leonard Snart, his fucking Hail Mary at this point in time, is like, we have the baby boy of Gorilla Grodd. We're going to negotiate our way out of here or his son's going to get it. And the big play of this is because they're like, they don't have the mirror gun either. That's left no. behind. Mirror Master And Grodd there. has it now. Yeah. And Mirror Master wasn't, he's gone. So he can't na- na- uh, navigate the deal. So at the one point, they're like, so we're here now and we're not getting shit. Like now they're fighting for their lives to get out. And we're not even going to get anything from this. And even at that point where you end up awful snort where he grabs the baby, we're going to negotiate. And he's like, all right. And like, hey, you, you screwed up. Everything has gone to hell here. And even the idea hell that Sam part. might be in trouble, all these things going down. Look, if I'm Sam, I'm getting the fuck out of there. I don't want to associate with any of these assholes. Yeah, I'm out. I'm on a plane. I'm, I'm out going of there. back to my office. I'm going to sit in my chair, lean back and drink until my woes go I'm away. Where these fuckers are dead. I peel out, get out of there. Uh, but I did like it. Split, Jim. I, <laughs> yeah, you will make like a banana and leave. And split. You end up at the end, like you were down more than I was on the last issue, but it was that kind of, you know, middle deal. You you kind of lay in the plan well, down. Just this the trek to City was boring as shit. I wasn't that excited to get to this issue because of that last one. Like, okay, we'll see. I actually want to, now I'm excited for the, the last issue to see how this, I just have to see how awful it ends. And oh, who too. might end up living, dying, whatever. Yeah, this is fun. The biggest, po- the biggest yeah, problem fun. I had was Magenta moving fucking gold because that's not in her power set. And you could tell me how it works a different way or this. It just really threw me off of what it we're doing. It is the idea. Was- it seems Elseworlds kind of DLC. But you don't play it that way. That's the problem. This is I'm just, with you. This is a lot more fun than the previous issue, seeing how the House of Cards is falling for everything that was set up, even when it seemed like you had a foolproof plan. So at the end of the day, even like, you know, with that, I'm not a huge fan of the art, but it works for what it's doing, but I'm giving a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8. I, I actually really liked it. I like the art. I like the style. I thought, you know, it was kind of cool and very emotional, very, like I said, kinetic, exciting with what the story was and even has like kind of an old school 
kind of look as well. But that is that for the first section of books. We have, I believe, one mail. I'll check real quick if we have any others, maybe from an Eric Shay. But we're yep. going to go off now yet, to uh, some mail. And then everybody has to stay tuned because we have the Clunrad section back with a vengeance to finish Don't off the broadcast later. So we'll be back in a second with some mail. It's time for the mail, Eric, as the song says. And if you want to get involved, everybody out there, you as well. Yes, it did. Uh, you can get involved by emailing if it, us. If the letter makes you wetter, then wetter something, than something a, better. Something, something Maybe better. Maybe Eddie Vedder? Maybe Eddie Vedder. If the, if the <laughs> mail makes you hotter than a Eddie, Eddie Vedder, it's me. Wait, no, no, yeah. Oh, I messed up. If the mail makes you wetter than Kirk Cobain and Eddie Vedder, man. Is that good? I'll, I'll make it for you. Here it is. <laughs> I want you, you to ask me, who, who sings that? <laughs> Steve does. But you can email in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and you could become the star of the show. Sometimes Eric Shea is that, sometimes. but sometimes Emailer X is. And this is going to be a mail that X. references a author bit. Author X? Is it Lois Lane? That's mentioned, actually. I did see. I didn't read through all of it, but I did see that mentioned near the end. And with this, uh, I had revealed that on our Patreon spotlight, when we were talking about the world without a Just League Superman, I said that I had word and eyes on the street, the pulse of the streets, yeah, and they does. were checking things out in the nooks and crannies of the internet and seeing what people were thinking about that book and Tom King and Superman. Now, I will set it up here a little better. It seemed kind of nefarious a bit. Like, I have sleeper agents, things like that. That's not the case, Eric. I'm, I'm not You Bendix, know a guy right? in a freaking, like, a Facebook group. <laughs> no. What this was, was I ended up in the Slack. This is going to, it's not going to fully reveal. This is a mystery here. I ended up saying to everybody, I think that people are out of their minds. And most people I see now want Tom King to write the next Superman book after Dark Crisis. And I hear little rumblings. It might be possible. And so that person said, no way. That's ridiculous. And then went on an investigative tour to report back to me. I think originally to say, no, they don't want that. And then found out that I was right because I and, and really what sort of work I do. I'm lazy, Eric. So I ended up seeing on a bunch of, you know, these DC tweets, who likes this? Or when they announce that one shot, people end up always pointing out, as they do with Bendis, with that Batman Universe book, they'll say that Superman Up in the Sky is Tom King's best book, and he gets Superman. I disagree fully. I also disagree with that Batman Universe nonsense. And it is something where I think you had said at one point to me, among most of your wise Thoughts, Eric, as we walked around like a modern day Plato and Socrates, Socrates. We ended up where <laughs> you ended up where you said, you know, first off, one of your things, and I used it today, actually, uh, the idea that there's no bad characters is only bad writers. You yeah. said that. No, so, but also you had said at a point, being a continuity kid, that it's a lot easier. You, you do get to play around if you don't go with continuity. You're lazy and you end up having, exactly. you know, an easy way. And that's what those stories were. It's very easy to impress people when you have no rules or no boundaries with that. So that's one of the other things. But this person, I'm not going to reveal anything about Author X. They, the Author X, Email or X, they went off to see 
if they could find out if I was right that people were wanting that Tom King in certain segments, and they found out that it is true. Is, but here is it this is: male just here that you made sure it was males to prove yourself right. No, no, you, you'll tell. There's okay. no way if if it was me, I'd be like, hey, dear hey, Jim Harley, girl says, and it'd be like three cents. This is pretty long. Dear Jim, Eric, and the rest of my friends in the Get Fresh crew, boom, uh, boom. I am one of Jim's spies or eyes on the street that has been undercover on the front lines Cringe. of the war on misinformation. <laughs> Lois once called herself Arthur, Arthur X and just call me Agent X. This has all started because a month or so ago, I didn't even realize. I said I. this probably explains everything I said. Jim said in the Slack that there are legitimately fans of Superman out there that are actively calling for King to take over the book. That was such an odd concept to me. I set out to investigate and find these people for myself to hear them out. I didn't know about this. I had no idea. And then when they actually reported back, I actually forgot that I had said that and wondered. And oh, yeah, I did say that because I had heard that. Mostly focused on Twitter and Reddit and aggratiated myself with some of the usual suspects, like the Super Suns mega fan accounts, for example. And through them found that there are way more of the these people than I anticipated. One private group chat of over 40 people in it. And other guys' Twitter inner circle, which frequents, has 100 plus people on it. Uh, he's also joined a couple of space sessions. You know those spaces. You ever see those pop up on the Twitter? You want to no. join my space? Somebody <laughs> I ended did up back and in I, the day. I wish I remember what the deal was, but somebody did end up saying that me and you should, you know, check in because a lot of those Twitter spaces. You, you want me to have a MySpace? Crypto coins and stuff. I'm more of a GeoForces man, but that's Geo because you're awesome. Geo right? yeah, GeoForce. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what they call it over there in Markovia. But yeah, end up. GeoCities. I'm sitting here like, now I can't remember what it is. Uh, I told you the one day that Jeremy Adams, the writer of Flash, had one. Where you get on, it's just like a live session. Oh, right. You right. can talk about stuff. That's what that was. Okay, I got you now. Yeah, so this guy. Ended up, and I wish I could remember who it was. So if you're listening, the Twitter I'm sorry. Live stream. Yeah, really, that's what it is. It's almost trying to, you know, do like a YouTube thing, but it's like, hey, we do this, and there's not a lot of comic book things, so it is something. Twitter that live maybe... stream. I think I'll call it Twitch. Yeah, spaces. Oh. Uh, so you end up where I try. This person was. I was fired up. I'm like, this sounds good. I'm going to do it. And I went to. You can't do it on the iPad. And as I was holding the iPad, and then I got lazy. I, I don't want to speak into my phone. You know who does that? Or really? Uh, but yeah, they have to they have to work it out a little better. But he actually went to a couple of these spaces as well. I'm still mostly viewed as an outsider, though. It's not getting the heat. They, they're a little it's one of those things. They're going to make him test the product a little, Eric, to make sure he's on the up and up. That's when you're deep cover. You're too deep and you're never going to pull back out. I don't know what this is. I'm a part of so many groups and different platforms, stuff like that. I don't care about anybody in them. <laughs> Again, he wants to get some info. He's seeing if these people are actually, you know, pining for Tom King in these things, which I told him I thought and have witnessed the deal and people have told me. Probably because I made clear from the beginning I want no parts on King on Big Blue, LOL. Just what they're looking at is what Jim mentioned on the spotlight. They're devout John fans who are desperate for him to get DH and sift through breadcrumbs to find any evidence that is happening. A lot of them are convinced by some very suspect evidence that this Tom King Dark Crisis one shot would lead to John finally getting DH, that King's taking over the book from Taylor post Dark Crisis, and they believe they were duped by editorial and or editorial made King change his plans like they did with the wedding. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm telling so, you. So where are we this are right is crazy. Now, people believe that King will be on this book, like Superman book later on, and he's going to DH John because of what we had right here or what we're supposed to have right here. 
in a dream world. A dream world one yes, shot to an like event. Your continuity to something that doesn't matter in this tie into this dark crisis. And I'd love I'd love to turn this into a commercial for the Patreon, but you can go over and listen to us on the Patreon talk a lot about this over there about when I said the idea that a lot of writers are on these one shots and even Tom King was on the dark side war green lantern one shot. That didn't mean he was going off to write how these things usually aren't set up that way. I think that some people got confused thinking the future state was that springboard into going into these new like, Oh, Stephanie Phillips, she did Harley. Well, that was more of a setup of a different way. Well, it's like that weird when, when, when Superman got hit with that negative energy though, when that dark side war to like, you know, tie and stuff like that, where he was the God of strength and he was all like, you know, negative colors, negative space looking kind of thing. Do they think that that's a, still a thing where like the next writer is going to say, look, Superman is still the God of strength because we saw it. And, and the funny thing is, that actually has more legitimacy, I think, than a dream world nonsense. I mean, the idea that they actually thought that you were going to get this one shot deal in an event that was then going to be the blueprint and end. He showed me this person ended up sending screenshots. This is completely on the up and up and screenshots of it's going to end with a page where John's de-aged are in the regular world. And Tom King is announced at the end of the issue. Tom King will be writing Superman from now on. Even though we're in the middle of an event where John aged up as one of the main characters leading the event. And that's where I said to you and started yelling, I'm worried that nobody knew what this issue was about. They only got to be, oh, John de-aged? Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what it's about. There are levels to this. Some people are calling for, uh, this is the idea, too. They're yelling people should be fired as if this was as bad a dupe as that wedding, Batman number 50. The idea that they thought that this was them, like... These people think that people are talking to them through the TVs, I think. The idea that you're getting messages, because nobody thought this, that's any bit of sanity. Some people are calling for Jim Lee, Marie Javins, Pam Lyford to be fired now. Some are now actively hoping Dark Crisis flops and DC goes bankrupt because of that one issue. Yeah, well, they're obviously not reading anything to know what's going on. They just want John back and they're going to. Here's the thing. All these people and it's a lot of Super Sons people. You're going to get a movie coming out, I think, actually written by Jeremy Adams. You're going to have that. But you're also then going to get these nonsense digital things. What's what's the difference? You're still getting them. The more sane of them are willing to see how Dark Crisis plays out before making a final call, but are definitely disappointed. The main reason Jim and I are being coy about who I am is some of the people I've been talking to happen to follow both you guys on Twitter and have listened to at least a few episodes of the podcast. So we don't want that to be obvious who I am, but best believe I've been recruiting and trying to get you guys some more money on the Patreon. It isn't working, I don't think. But I think the biggest takeaway here is that these people are lunatics, but rather something Jim has mentioned on Slack before, DC has no presence on social media to combat these narratives from growing the way they have. It's well accepted that fans do need to use headcanons sometimes to make shit make sense, but without anybody out there to politely say no, it's actually like this to these people, or even Comicscape people, he says, these delusional ideas with no grounding, in fact, are allowed to run rampant over huge swaths of DC's fan base. And I, I have been on record to say we need some sort of cheerleader guy like a Dan DeDito at least explain things as they come out. Because, Eric, you know, when you end up where DC is is very big on releasing one page of a comic and then letting people run rampant with it on Twitter and Facebook and come up with the craziest things. Is Mostly it now just hate speech. Yeah, well, that, but you don't end up having, like, again, I end up going and, Oh, DC has rebooted three times this afternoon. 
And then somebody sees it and they're like, yeah, no, no. But they never are there to say what these are. And in that, this this dark crisis tie-in, like we could, beforehand, we were actually not really knowing exactly what it was going to be. It really wasn't spelled out completely. And I'm still confused with what Tom King gave us, but it's now headcanon over continuity says, well, I agree. Some of what these people are talking about is complete and utter nonsense. That would never happen. I think what I'm seeing is in uh, indicative of a much larger problem for DC. We all speculate on the Slack, but what will the post-Dark Crisis DCU look like? If DC doesn't have a clear plan and narrative, they're ready to push about the new status quo, then I fear such uh, as these and countless others will not jump back on board. Say what you want about these groups uh, I'm speaking with, but they're super passionate about DC comic characters, so he's saying they love and broadly speaking, that passion seems to be missing from D.C. at the moment. That's all for this week's report from the front lines of the war against fake news. This is Agent X signing off. So, yeah, people were upset. But again, like you said, I don't think that these people are reading many other books. And yeah, so it, it, that's the thing. The people who speak the loudest and we talk about it all the time when me and you will talk to people. They'll start the argument with D.C. sucked for five years. And then you find out they haven't bought a book in 20. Yeah. You know, it ends up. Like weird stuff. They have these weird ideas. But I do wish that you had somebody out there to really guide some people and to be a, a presence to say weird what science. these things mean and what. But that we're a pod. We're not DC. So that's the problem. I get in arguments and I do try to tell people to guide them. And they look at that as that's just another opinion because I'm not Don't DC. Don't you explain me. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I end up like I should be the authority. I get upset, Eric. But now with the whole deal. And I, I just don't get it. People, Authorities don't re- require stepping stones, A lot of people end up really liking that one shot as if Gotta it was like the greatest Superman deal. And this one guy ended up, I tugged, and he's like, he cried reading that. He said he cried reading that, you know, Dark Crisis tie He also tie-in. cried taking out the garbage before that. Well, maybe. But I said to him, what, what made you cry? The, the screams of the Durland children as they got slaughtered. Or yeah, the, the genocidal Ronians. war that John ended up doing and, and all. And yeah, and even the idea of and also fighting Orion for some reason. I don't know. But yeah, it's just crazy. But people actually and the guy said that wasn't in it. That wasn't part of it. And I'm like, yeah, it was. They they just ended up they see yelling, but then it turned really to hugging. Aaron. Hugging. It is at the end and everything is, you know, the deal. At one point, some guy because I was on the critical are thinking critical comics aficionados and people were in the chat and the one guy said i like the aquaman part of that better because in the superman deal superman didn't realize he was in a dream but he did he said at the end i was here this time i didn't miss it this time so he obviously knew he just didn't want to do anything about it because he was lazy but with all that that's the mail again if you want to get involved in the mail email us at weird science dc comics at gmail.com could be about anything about what you're thinking about this event what you may think is coming up afterwards or you know what you ate for lunch? Not that day. last one. Today I ate, I had Chinese okay. food today. I ended up having General So's chicken, which I haven't had in a while. It was okay. It, it made me feel a little bit like off. But it was everything okay. makes you feel a little bit off. I don't think you've ever eaten something without you telling me that you felt off afterwards. I always I'm like you though. I always get the same thing. I usually get the egg foo young. And I thought, you know what? The last time I got that, I felt a little oh, off. So I thought, I'm going to try something different. I haven't had General Tso's in a while. Kind of wish that. And then, like, always happens. I'm eating that. I really could have went for that. Foo Young. Uh, but luckily, Eric, because of that, I bought that as well. That's for tomorrow. I'm a fatty. 
there you go. But with all that, we're going to get back to the books. Like I said, we have the Clune Red section, the section that everybody loves and has been waiting for with both uh, Wonder Woman and Batgirl. Diana, I'm a Doctor Psycho acting like a big behind. The situation is Let's stop them cause we're running out of time You might be But he's giving that milk to the men It's also I really think that it's a semen Ah, yes, Eric, that is Dr. Poison there. Calculus, he's doing... Yes, it is, BVD. You end up up where uh, Calculus is doing math in his head, Eric, he is. And also, I talked about the... uh, that milk, it's real sus. I did have Cheers. another song that we'll have later on. I didn't get to finish it, but it is more about how bad these books by Clunrad is. Well, that was a, a really good, good poison song. Well, there we go. We have Dr. Poison here. I forgot all I about that. I why I called it a poison song. Yeah, yeah poison. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's every good what's going on a Wonder Woman villainy ink song. And there we go. We end up with this, and we're going to start poison. with Wonder Woman here. With And this is the Clunrad section. So welcome, everybody, to the darkest section of the DC universe here with two books by writers who don't seem to understand their characters or how to tell a great story in my mind and i think that the sales at least the projected sales or the sales rankings show that that is the case people have you know ditched these and it's funny because this past week because of this and it's not just been the clone red deal on wonder woman wonder woman has had some problems for quite some time in fact this week i saw two videos on youtube that were actually saying something that one eric shea said to me back in 2013 is wonder woman actually part of the trinity anymore because of you know her books not being the greatest now at that point well i can't even say the idea of what i had at that point like i'm telling you yeah in 2013 we had like four green lantern books or just lantern books in general and maybe like one a fifth one in the periphery and you don't have that anymore but like at that point in time plus green lantern's like my one of my favorite dc superheroes like every iteration for the most part but kyle rayner mostly but the idea like that was my journey. Batman, Superman, and Green Lantern for how important it was to me personally. But Wonder Woman, she is supposed to be a part of the Trinity right there, but she hasn't been up on a pedestal because of the writing of the creators for so long now that like people tend to forget about her, I think. Especially when you have the fucking Wonder Woman 84 come out, and that movie was a stinker. Yeah, it was a stinker. And I love the first so, one, though. Yeah, I do, too. And I, I, at the end, it was one of those, but a lot of these comic book movies, the villains that, the end Lantern up kind of being... Balls, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah, talk about yeah. that. But again, when you ended up saying back in the day that it was, you were also just coming off of the start of the New 52 where they kept the Green Lantern continuity because that was so important as well. Oh, yeah. So it was pushing that whole deal. And like you said, we had tons of Green Lantern, Green Lantern, Lantern, Lantern Green books. Lantern Corps, Green Lantern, New Guardians, Red Lanterns, and I think Larflees was going on at that yeah, point in time. Yeah, but kind of came in later. We Sinestro had Sinestro came in later. Yeah, we had a bunch of things. We had uh, 
what was the and we were talking about it with oh, the God lantern. It. What was that book called? It, I I almost I can see it and I can't Just remember. Yes, I will. We'll remember it as we go on. I ended up having the lantern with the ring in his chest, which was pretty cool. He died there. Sure but did. Wonder Woman, we keep saying it when we didn't realize. And again, if you want to go songs, not quite poison. It's more of Cinderella. But we didn't know what we got till it's gone. Back in the day at the beginning of Rebirth, when we had Greg Rucka doing both the, you know, year one type deal and then the current. And we were kind of like late on the game of issues of amazingness. It. Yeah, and we we really didn't realize how well we had it and thinking it was just going to get better and better, and it didn't. And you ended up really since then, and that's a long time for a a character and a book that's that important to just kind of be a slog. And when you get these people on it, they seem to be getting people who don't quite get the character, don't want to tell stories in a way. Everybody's stuck in this weird deal where it's just – and I see people, they want a Wonder Woman who is tough, you know, kicking some ass, which Clunrad does a bit. But Threshold was the name of that book we couldn't was, come yeah. up with. <laughs> I think that one of the problems that I've had with Wonder Woman since Rucka's run, she never seems to be really the main focus in her book a lot of times. She seems to be a side character. She reacts to everything else instead of making something react to her. She's never there to lead. The, and it happens here. I mean, Cisco. And all this and even saying Steve Trevor, Ziggy, they they seem to be more important in the story than actually Diana, who just kind of flies around. What is important in this whole thing? Because even the idea where we need for some reason, we need to take Wonder Woman down. We have this big bad called the management in the background that put together Villainy Inc., who's led by Dr. Psycho here. We don't know who the management is, but for some reason, they just get villains like Dulles, the Duke of Deception out of nowhere here and say, new member, we're not going to explain where this character's been, how this, like, you know, Silver Age character and, like, you know, throughout different iterations, but what he's been up to, this Wonder Woman's, like, you know, past with him, or why he's here in general. He's just here to be another freaking, you know, a face that fans can wow out, like, oh my god, I can't believe they brought him back. I can't either, because you're not doing anything with him, but the idea that you you need to take Wonder Woman down, why is it that the face of your organization, your villainy, Inc., Dr. Psycho, you're going to have him projected as a freaking 50-foot-tall monster that's, you know, invading a kid's playground, scaring families off, and having your freaking Manifest Destiny protesters coming in here, causing all kinds of ruckus. But like, why would you do that if your goal is to make this guy look like he's golden? Well, there's a couple things in here, and I'll give you the credits. It is, like I said, Wonder Woman. It's Wonder Woman 789. Written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Clunan, with art by Manuel Lupicino and Eduardo Pansica. Wade Von Graubalger and Julio Ferreira, <laughs> Tamara Von Baum Vallon. I'm trying to read this and Pat Brousseau. So you end up going into this, and the weird play is we don't really get a really sense, I don't have myself, of Michael W. Conrad. And I think he's doing a lot of the writing here. And he it's well. not like if this was somebody else, just say, I mean, we know kind of how Scott Snyder writes or a Jeff Johns. Now, again, you could say, well, we know because it's better. But if you add this kind of story, I could sense that maybe you're playing a meta deal where the, you know, the organization behind everything is almost like a DC editorial that's forcing you to use these obscure characters and throw them out. That might be a meta thing to be cool, but I don't know that that's what they're doing and they don't give you any indication. Also, the idea that, you know, Conrad, Clunrad here doing it, they end up making Cisco so over the top. And I said this the last time we did this book, he's 
going too far. They're going too far with this because the things that they're saying are already ridiculous. You have guys drinking the, the extra milk and it's milk all over. extra. Just like yeah, milk extra. Fuck off, soy boys. Go back, Wonder Woman's to your woman islands. We don't need you here. As are guzzling freaking lukewarm milk. There's a bunch of psychopaths, And obviously. I can tell you, I mean, I see even in this issue, I see some things where I think that they're Drugs. trying to get a little bit even meta with the politics, with the social media, all that stuff. But what they're doing is they're going too far because a lot of that stuff, you, you don't have to go that far. It's already pretty over the top and extreme. But then you do this, hey, soy boy, what that? And in this... There is a deal that, you know, a certain former president at one point did say, and it's almost directly quoted in this, I could walk down the street and kill a voter and everybody else will still vote for me because that's how much I fooled them. And you have this in, but you're not, what are you doing with that? You're not doing anything to expand the story. And with that, you end up having really weird little tie-ins here. But what is the basis? The idea that you're trying to get people against Wonder Woman, it's not even that. You lose track of what exactly this whole thing is supposed to be. Yeah, they're awful. And you'll go back to your island. Well, it's such a weird idea with that. Like, go back to your island. But in this issue, they have this idea that's put out where Etta Candy is, you know, doing all the lab work herself to figure out what's inside this milk extra. And, oh, my God, there's an extra additive. What's it doing to the people? I'm like, are you going to try to say at the end of this that the pieces of shit that are the posse for the Dr. Psycho and his woman haters club were actually controlled because they drank milk because you're already watching this guy and uh, drinking the milk because he told you to. So they're already pieces of crap. They to begin are. With. And that's the funny thing. They're, they're almost playing the idea that there's, you know, oh, they, these pieces of shit are out there. But then the reason why they do this, and this is anger, it angered me, because if you're going to go one way, keep going. Don't buckle, you know, double back or whatever. They only do that right before they're about to attack. They're going to have a fight and. Ziggy's going to kill them. That's the only thing that is going to stop them from saying, oh, no, 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 they're not bad. They're being controlled. We have this in every book. Oh, there's some. Oh, we might be able to heal them. They do that right before. Etta finds that out right before so that you can say that because if they end up killing these people, people will be up in arms. Oh, my God, they don't kill. And it's so ridiculous because we even spelled out, well, the FDA, everybody looked into it already. There was nothing in it. But now suddenly there is. Thank you, Etta Candy. Who can't take out a college professor who you exactly. know is bad. Yeah, Edda is now, you know, freaking Mr. Wizard here that got extra info where they even said they're so ridiculous. They said that this went through all of the checks and balances and nothing's in it. That was the big play. It's a conspiracy, Jim. Remember, the big play was, oh, my God, then these people really are awful. So you can't even go that far. You, you have no story. So with that, what is the play here? Because. Stories like this, if you're going to do it, in my mind, a correct way, you're going to get something that Cisco's going to do that is going to make Diana question everything she's about. The idea, oh, my God, like, Just how sweetheart. about this? How about the idea with Diana where she does think they're controlled? And at the end, you find out, no, there isn't. Any. That's more of a story of, oh, my God, there is that hate out there. But now you take that away. Diana is just going from point A to point B punching the next person she needs to punch but nothing is there. there's never any sort of like well what's their real plan oh why is dr poison involved why would that be this why would be that she's just going around and at this point it's just attacking a giant kaiju cisco who Who's looks ridiculous yeah it's the duke of deception now with that that's why but I said, is it that's the thing is it's a weird situation where diana goes 
She's going to go fly at this gigantic kaiju Cisco who's terrorizing a children's playground. And she, she flies through it. It's not actually there. It's a mind projection. But when she looks through a lasso to see the truth, like almost like Lionel, give me fucking like sight beyond sight, where she sees the Duke of Deception inside this construct, almost like a Green Lantern would do, creating a giant construct mecha around them. But he's hiding in there. And then somehow she loses him. And I have no idea how, but. I mean, it was him at that one point, but what's going on? Like, that's so ridiculous. Even that, I mean, I know that the idea looks through the last, oh, oh, I see the truth. We'll play with that in the Wonder Woman deal all along, but you don't do anything with it. There's nothing going on. We just have to take on the Duke of Deception at this point, and you don't know anything about him except that he's amplifying, you know, Dr. Psycho's powers with his own deception powers. But why are you trying to deceive people to think that Dr. Psycho's bad? And and that's that's the thing. Yeah. And with that, there was kind of at one point you were you just ended up having an issue that you completely set up that. Oh, my God. Wonder Woman. She's a terrorist. She just blew up things. She ended up she don't like protesting. She's terrible. She ended up blowing up trucks completely thrown away. We don't even get anything from that. They it looked like the last issue had set up that everybody would be against Diana. That Oh, my God. Look what she did. She she blew up milk trucks. And and she ended up hurting people, and she was against this. Now all well, of a sudden, it's just deal with that, Jim. We have to be able to take out her support group really quickly because even when you have the situation like Diana is going after this kaiju Cisco and his manifest <laughs> fucking party, it's just goofy. But on the background, you have you know Siegfried and Steve Trevor parked in a freaking van up on a hill so they can monitor the situation. Well, they're hit by a pickup truck and knocked off that hill, off a little cliff kind of thing. Like nobody can survive that. Everybody survived that, but ultimately. The way you have them taken down is that, just think about it. Just think about a van up on a cliff, <laughs> yeah, right? they're on the we, cliff. We, we knock that van over the cliff with a pickup truck, destroying the pickup truck, but then somehow we back up that pickup truck. So you can back up a freaking, like a, let's just call it a uh, cement truck that's full of poison. So then at the specific time, Siegfried can have himself covered in green poison like he's a part of a Nickelodeon fucking show because we can't inject him with poison. So we just have to cover him in screen like in the poison. Like he said, I don't know from I can't you can't do that on television. Why couldn't you have had that where it's like, hey, are you OK? I don't know. Slime. And then Steve turns like, you can't do that. And she just tranks him with poison. OK, you, you're out. So that's the thing is out of nowhere, just to, you have to get, you know, Siegfried right at the specific point where he's not allowed to hurt any of the people because they're being mind controlled by something or whatever with the milk. But we have to get him right underneath this thing where nobody sees this gigantic truck backing up to where they were. So we could douse them with slime. But while that's going on, you make Siegfried and Steve Trevor look like chumps to Dr. Poison just for the way you're presenting. Because Dr. Poison, she's a threat. I want to see make her be a threat. But the way you do it is silly sell. And on the flip side, at a candy at their checkmate fucking headquarters, has, invites Professor Nothing Calculus over because, hey, the holiday girls say, like, you know, you're not teaching anymore. Etta knows that Professor Calculus is up to no good. Professor, for some reason, turns her back to him and he tases her. Etta candy That's is the worst down. Part. She is an Argus soldier. When you end up having the idea, oh my God, I have to slime Ziggy because. You know, I can't penetrate his skin with a needle. Well, why then does just the poison thrown on him? Because that's the thing. You're using the needle to get to it. Plus, that means that you didn't. Uh, they make it to be like a grandiose thing. It, the way that they did this, she could have run up with a bucket and thrown it in. It would do the same effect. <laughs> like, hey, look at you. And it's like, take him to the Globetrotters game. Oh, my God. Curly Neal actually threw it at him. It wasn't confetti. And then Steve Trevor's that's what just. I want. That's Steve what I want. Tra- yeah, yeah. Steve Trevor's just sitting there like. Look out above where he's like, I think my legs hurt. I think it might be broken. He's rubbing his leg and he just gets drank like a chump. And so then Edda in this, a very smart woman, a very strong, ends up 
with her plan, not the idea where she thinks that maybe Dr. Calculus can help them out because of a class back in the day. No, she calls him to come and visit her because she knows that he's on the team. I've heard rumors. I also heard you're working with Dr. Sisko. Please, Professor, if there's any good left in you, we need to know where it's at. Taste. Yeah, I mean, he's there. Just think of this. Here's the scene. You end up, it's you. You call up your professor. Also, he has been fired from the holiday for something real bad. So you end up, he shows up. He's got his hand behind his back this whole time. And he's like, oh, look at you. Look at you. And she turns her back on him. She says, I know you're working with the bad guy. What's going on? And then he tases her. He was holding that taser behind his back Look, this whole time. I know time. you're strictly working for a checkmate, whatever that means in this DC continuity anymore, but you used to be an agent of Argus. You used to yeah, be a leader. Used to what be. is happening? That's the thing. Steve Trevor ends up coming from checkmate, says, oh, God, what are we going to do? He doesn't know. He made up shit about checkmate. There's no check. They're just sitting in an office at his typing shit in. That means nothing. And that's how it's played out. And then you end up having calculus with a taser. And get him. Now, in the meantime, to It's still them, not as bad as Steve Orlando ending his Prometheus with a random woman tasing Prometheus in the face I, that and is stopping true. him. Prometheus close, went from taking down the Justice League to a random person there in the deal and tases him. But you end up then going back to Cisco's townhouse where he is just brutally awful to a sweetheart, which we, I said right away. The mirror replicate of, you know, Wonder Woman that the image maker left behind. I, I love this play. This is, again... The idea where they can't even, you know, connect two panels. He, She's there and she has like the, the mirror. And this is going to amplify the deal. But she has it. She's talking. Oh, my God. Wonder Woman. She's starting to show that she has some feelings. Cisco grabs it from her and says, listen, you stop it. Why are you so scared about the Wonder Woman? Why are you so scared? And then says a panel of the most horrific things that she'd be terrified of. Says, oh, I know that she can come and just destroy you and shatter you. But. Why are you so scared? It's so ridiculous the way that this plays out, that he is so over the top again, that when this reveal where she turns and then even here, she drops. I can't I can't hold it. It's getting hot. So you made a glass. It can't be hot. I mean, yeah. And, and then you end up where then the soy boy, not the soy boys, the guy with the milk, the extra milk, the milkmen. They're giving the thumbs down. Thumbs down to you, Wonder but Woman. Sadly, but, not the dead milkmen. <laughs> so what is going on? Like, what does Wonder Woman think is happening? Because they are legitimately running around putting out little fires instead of just saying, let's just take this whole shit down. Let's figure this out. Right there when you find out there's shit in the milk, I know it's not a comic booky thing, but there's trouble to be had there for Cisco. If you just go to the FDA, I mean, it's so silly. But she ends up, oh, I'm going to fight the Duke of Deception just to be there. And this is, again, Michael W. Conrad thinks that he can just throw characters in here. It might be Becky Cloning with him, but it always seems like he's very yeah. proud of this. Oh, my God. I got the Duke of Deception. I got the Image Maker and doesn't do shit with them. He barely knows what they are. Well, that's the thing. Is we just have him here. He shapeshifts into Steve. He shapeshifts into freaking, you know, Ziggy. And ultimately, he just disappears because he's not really there. And Wonder- it's just he's here for a fight for Wonder Woman without giving you context about the character or why Wonder Woman should care. Except for, oh, my God, it's Dulles, the Duke of Deception. Yeah. Yeah. And when we talk about things of he's a when, name people, when people introduce characters and things like that, sometimes it is a cool thing because it might get people to go back and, and read some comics. 
I'll give them credit with this Wonder Woman book because really when you read this, you want to read something good. You want to read something else, whatever it is. I'm telling you, anything that you go from this, it's bound to be better. It really is. There's not a lot that are this bad. Yeah, <laughs> a little, maybe. I, th- this, the problem is, though, that Girls is a fun little book, you know, with Stephanie and Cass and Barbara's there, even though they get really tangled up in the kissing and the smoothie. All I care about fun, is Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon anymore. And in this, though, this is Wonder Woman. They don't, you don't have, like, you know, with that, that's one of the other things about Wonder Woman. At this point, you have more Wonder Woman books than we usually ever have. You know, you'll you'll have a lot of Come Green Lantern books at times. You'll have a lot of Superman deal. But this Wonder Woman usually have a Wonder Woman book, but we have Nubia. We have they all suck. Got Artemis they coming out next week. Suck. And at one point, DC Wonder Woman Evolution. And, yeah. And luckily and that ended this week. So that finished that. And that that was garbage. So you end up with all this. Where luckily, luckily for fans of Wonder Woman, I mean, not reading this is lucky, but lucky. Wonder Woman's a big character. I mean, the book could suck from this ways, 10 ways from Sunday. The character won't go away because it's bigger in other media. It's a big, you know, big symbol, all that stuff. Because if it wasn't, we would not have any, it'd be be Firestorm. We wouldn't have her in the book because these books. Where's Firestorm at? You you said the magic word. Where's he at? (laughs) He's not around. And again, that's why, because he's not part of the Trinity. Let me know that you have this yeah. multiversal Earth yeah. with you, and you have it. It's like Batman, Superman, and right in the front with them, like looking lovingly at him. Firestorm it's there like, with his hands on Captain his Captain Marvel, Firestorm, oh, the, the Blue best. Beetle, the Trinity. Exactly, the new trill, the Eric Trinity. That would be funny. Is everything else in the world is shit, but that's the Trinity, and you keep it. You're like, eh, I'll deal with the shit, and go. It's like Homer. But yeah, so you have this yeah, book close where. Enough. What is going on with this? Like, what is the main story? Because then even with that, Cisco himself isn't even, you know, technically the... Well, he's not the big bad. He's still just the face where the freaking... He's not even middle management because you have middle management telling what he can and cannot do because what the management wants him to do. And I'm telling you, at that point, when you do end up having Edda, oh my God, there's something in it. Please pick up. I got to send it to you. That's only then when you have then Steve Trevor and say, no, 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 these people are being controlled. We can't do it. It's like the last second deal. Things are being forced. And I can only hope and, and imagine because some of these things, like I said, the last issue really seemed like Wonder Woman might actually be like called out and she ended up blowing things up. Maybe they're going to have to investigate things and whatnot. And things kind of push past and you're just getting random things. I think that maybe this is almost like an I am Batman. This book won't get Wonder Woman won't get canceled, but maybe new creative run team will is come coming on. to a real like hopefully. I mean, if that's one of the things that I said talking to people, Dark Crisis, maybe it doesn't reboot things, maybe it does. Maybe it resets the timeline, maybe it doesn't. But when we get out of that, if they haven't already done it, if Clunrad is still on Wonder Woman and some of these other books have the same shitty creative teams, then you realize that DC doesn't give a shit, that they're not really caring about stuff because this book sucks and it's terrible. And I, I just it drives me nuts when you end up every time reading that they could just fumble into a decent enough deal. But they have doubled down. Ziggy even coming back was totally ridiculous. But the good thing about that, Deadman took a freaking siesta from yeah, there because he, he was awful. But Ziggy's just there because it was the only thing that actually people liked from that first. We liked the, the Valhalla stuff at first, Part but then it, it went to hell. Ziegfried back. You have Steve Trevor here who is like, 
you talked about the idea of him having a girlfriend, but also when Wonder Woman's coming back where she's not he's not quite over Diana as well. And now here's a new love interest. You're not even playing a fucking triangle with this whole thing. You're just, and when you have a villainy ink, which is your big thing, you're not working on any of the drama and all the bi- villainy ink stuff isn't making sense in the background because you're trying to take, you know, ripped out of the freaking pages of the headline of newspaper or something like that, be topical, it's, but, it's but so you're being over so the top, over right? the top and exaggerated that it's just coming off silly and like, you, you can't write this, stop it. I mean, with this, you end up, you could have, you know, Cisco do some, you know, uh, like do stuff that's a little underhanded, but clever to say, oh my God, that would work. Not just have these over the top guys that we don't know anything about. They drink milk. And now they're screaming. What happens if a five-year-old kid drinks the milk? What happens if, you know, strong bones. A, a pregnant woman drinks the milk? What happened? No, that's milk. Yeah, and like, what's going on? So with all of that going on, like, why isn't he digging into things like, okay, Steve Trevor and, and really playing like, oh, look at you. See, he, they say like on the surface, oh, look at you. You're a soy boy. But get to the deal of like, yeah, you're there. What are you, cuckold there? You got Ziggy there. Who the fuck is he? Where'd he come from? There's some real sus things there. What's going on? Like that sort of thing. But instead, in this, Kaiju, Kaiju freaking Cisco walking around and then still playing with, I guess they think it's either funny or intriguing, where the upper management, who Cisco does want, okay, Dr. Psycho. Don't you call me that. I'm like, get out of town. Like, come on, tell a damn story with this. And you're not. You're not doing anything. It's just stupid. It really is. It ends up being, and I hate to say that we always joke about, it's stupid. But it is. It's silly and stupid and doesn't do anything. And everything is so over the top that it ends up, you've crossed the line. It's now just goofy. It's not intriguing. It's not the headlines anymore. You're just being idiots and assholes. And, I, you know, there you go. (laughs) That's what I say. But what would you give this? I would end up giving this a 3.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5. The art's pretty good at points, but I enjoy it. I mean, what are they what are they doing, right? And we don't we don't read the back um that's something that some people have told me it's actually getting a little bit better or they've liked it all along but it's just not our cup of tea and Little and Diana doing scavenger hunts is not I something I usually I need to love read. Little Diana and stuff like that, but by the time I get done with this front half, I am on no back half. You want the front rent? I ain't even giving you the back rent, Eric. That's what I say. I'm going to be leaning leaning against the post. You're funny, too. But we're going to go to the next book. And the next book again, because it is the Akloon Rads. We end up having Batgirls. And it is Batgirls number eight. And the the thing about. Yeah. And the thing about this book is it's not. Again, it doesn't anger me as much, but because it's not as important. It's one of those and the books thing is, that though, you can... It should be as important because while it is a side Batman book, the Batgirls and stuff like that, there are a lot of freaking Barbara Gordon fans. There's a lot of Cassie fans. There's a lot of Stephanie Brown fans. The idea that you're putting this trio together and calling them Batgirls while Barbara's still doing Oracle it's stuff. It's true. It should be You for should them. be doing big it's things for these characters in Gotham. All you're doing is making silly jokes about little girls being better at computers than Barbara is. But And the thing is, because you're doing this and we're still continuing on the Simon Saint freaking run with the saints who want to like follow his thing with the magistrate. When we end up just having Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon freaking, you know, undercover in the uh, Iceberg Lounge, it is the greatest part of this book because it's something I actually want to see. But I, I didn't. I, I'll tell you about it. But it's Becky Clone and Michael W. Conrad's story here. They they reverse the deal there. They flip it, reverse it, rub it down. That's, you know, that's what Bell Bib DeVoe does. You end up having art by Robbie Rodriguez, Rico Renzi and Becca Carey. The thing that I didn't like about what they're doing here, and it's because I think I go by mm, kind of a seniority deal 
but also about a level of writers and a level of competency of writers. And some people could argue with me, but at this point, you're still playing in the Nightwing book, which is the main important book of this relationship in my mind. You're still playing the will they, won't they, whatever. In this, they might as well just get a room and have a baby. In that, it just gets me upset because this book is bullshit and it's not good. And you said, <laughs> it is a shame. Say, and that makes me upset because they're not married yet. What are you doing, DC Comics? Prude Jimmy's here to fucking ruin your day. <laughs> I do think that they're going to at least get engaged at, at issue number 100. But I wanted it to be kind of like a special thing for that book, maybe. I don't know. This book has tanked. It has fallen immense like off a cliff of the deal. But why is that? Because they don't get the characters. That's why I said it's a shame because people do. And I said, I like Cass a lot. So it should be a more important book. But I don't It's so like not the book that I don't even care. It feels like it's not oh, really. Well, not only is that. it not the thing, like the idea that this book, you want it to be a big, important thing, because Batgirl's in my mind, well, it's not the tippity top of the freaking, you know, uh, DC Comics, you know, iceberg and stuff like that. It is an important book, especially if you're a Gotham fan. But when you have the ever knowing the all-seeing narrator that wants to talk to you at the beginning like they're just as important it's, as it's you know Babs and dick when the editor but when you have this whole thing it's like this is of course this is like this is dick grayson nightwing to the baddies wonder if they got a loan from bruce to afford the club's cover fee i'm like and the thing is the editors notice this takes place before the events of batman 125 i'm like well but but the thing is that that's chip Zdarsky's run bruce, dick grayson's a billionaire and bruce wayne doesn't have his money for a long time now what the fuck are you talking about i know it, way before i'm telling you editor where's the editor for you to give an yeah, editor's I know. note it's almost like me saying like oh my god bane broke batman's back this takes place before at batman 125 like way before <laughs> because yeah this the idea that in that it says you know wonder if they got a loan from bruce to afford the club's cover fee that's wrong in two ways. The reason we brought Dick Grayson is because he's a billionaire. If you go back to 124, he doesn't have the money to do that either. No. He's not doing that. So it's bad in both ways, and it's wrong. So how about this, Jess C., which I actually had said, and I was talking to some people about this book, the idea that some people are irritated lately because a lot of the stories, when you get interviews from people, even Enrico Tamaki, about the Tower story in Detective, where it seemed like the editors came up with the story the writers aren't doing it a lot of things are being pushed to the deal jess here is inserting herself in every issue of this and then gets the most ridiculous you know editors note there do your regular job stop doing your you know it's almost like she's going to be at the laughing brew on wednesday you know for open mic night here no do your job and get something right here and in this deal this issue's it's nothing really is going on and it's still a mess the it's one thing I will tell you about this, mind. I didn't mind. I minded less than last issue just because it's a ridiculous concept. But we have a bunch of the elite of Gotham coming to the Iceberg Lounge because the you Penguin, just like sword swallower. He's got right? a show of shows for tonight because we've brought in a European sword swallower. And I'm like, the idea behind this, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. But I don't know why this is bringing the goddamn elite of Gotham out. Who gives a shit about a sword swallower? We but talked about the, that last week. That's what I'm saying, though. Like the idea, though, time. in this. Were the sword swallowers actually less of an attraction and more of a new goon for Penguin who can pull swords out of her mouth, whether they're there or not? If, that's fine. That actually makes a lot of sense because why wouldn't you want that? But the idea that you'd have all these people coming out for it, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, who would they like? This is 
Ridiculous. And it's like, okay, Eric, you should come down to Memorial Park tonight because tonight we got a guy who can play the spoons. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. I, I <laughs> he's doing spoon man. Oh, no, no, man, no, look no, at that. No, That's no, just awesome, playing the spoons, Jim. Oh, just playing the spoons. With this and and go back to that editor's note and the thing even with like say Penguin, you know, that that might be that you didn't know ahead, but there's there's still writing. You still have to have that. They still are writing where they don't know what the fuck's going on in the regular books. I mean, I'll give the you know, we get mad at the editor, but they ended up handing in a script and it was drawn with the idea that they have no fucking idea what's going on in, in the Batman books. And if you're writing Batgirls, you best know what something's going on in both the Nightwing and the Batman. And they don't seem to know that that's bullshit. That's complete and utter bullshit there. So when you go and you have that others don't go on. But like I said, you're still dealing like who is dealing with Simon Saint? I mean, this is the idea that in the real reality of this, nobody would ever even like, who the fuck is that? So many things happen in God and like that guy. Like you said, that's like us talking about the geospaces or whatever the hell it's called. And the seer. You're two things in this. Well, just seer. imagine this. Everything about this story is bad because we have to infiltrate the iceberg lounge because whether you know this or not because you're reading the book, if you do know the seer, this has been the, the computer mastermind that's been taking down Barbara Gordon, the Oracle, and doxing them left and right and just being a fucking pain in the ass for everybody since Fear State's been going on. Well, you got to know that this little girl who's actually the seer, her secret computer room is in a secret room in the iceberg lounge. Which we, you, know, you know it's on a waterfront because you've seen the iceberg lounge a bunch of times, but this secret room... It's seven stories down. And once you're down in there, you can escape that room by going further down into the sewer system, which will take you to Slaughter Swamp. And I'm like, the fuck? how the fuck do you think these things work? Because we're in the under the water. We're on the waterfront for this whole thing for the iceberg lunch. We're going seven stories down to where the penguin doesn't know about things. Where for some reason was a goddamn, uh, what do you call it? A bootlegger's freaking dream during Prohibition. But then you go further down into the sewers, and I'm like, I don't understand the layout like of this you, at all. If you, if you ended up spelling it out at one point that this was dry land, they ended up doing this, that, a dam, whatever the case may be, but now you're underwater, you're going to get a shortcut to the morgue, unless you can swim and hold your breath really good, because that's ridiculous, and to end up in water, just that's the stuff that's ridiculous in this. And even the idea where you have the seer... Nobody cares anymore. Plus, even the Dick Grayson is laughing his ass off like, you guys got duped and you know by a little girl? Well, it doesn't even make any sense. We talked about it last issue where the idea is we now have to save the seer because the seer originally duped the saints by making them think that Simon Saint was still alive and doing a holographic freaking, you know, deep fake to order them around to take out the Batgirls. And then, you know, they got arrested after and then we're told that this, the seer is the one who told you Simon Saint's actually dead. You got duped. And somehow these four assholes in robotic suits were able to freaking find this little girl to the point where she came out of hiding and came to the back girls for help and then did all this stuff. Like, how did they find him? It's never it's never explained. It's just we needed it, it to happen. And then it gets worse here because now, because then you start playing the idea, okay, these four assholes, they, they end up, they're, they're not really connected with anybody. They're so innocent. But now in this part, they claim that they have a waiting army who they've now used Seer to do them, and that's why they need Seer, and they're doing all this. It makes well, we, no we have sense. To, we have to put Simon Saint's word out there so people will get behind <laughs> the Saints Saint. and be their armor, army for Does the Saints. Does anybody read anything? Are these people on the internet? Simon Saint is so done. Yeah, what do they think is going on? That and he's I have going no underground. idea how these people got out of jail now because it seemed like they took out oh, cops no. to escape, but I yeah, thought they, they were did. just let out because there was lack of evidence. At one point, they said that they actually killed him, and then they say it again here, but in a different way. But then at the end, they just get arrested again. I don't understand. And even then, 
they were able to escape. Now Dick Grayson's just going to take him in himself. He's just even at the point where they're carrying, I'm carrying them. And you have with that too. Again, I, I, I just didn't like how big the the thing is. The fan service deal of you know you have no story, so let's have the smooching and the flirting with Nightwing and Babs. But I'm telling you, go back and read that last Nightwing when they were really excited about things and pulled back because they hadn't really said things. Here, they're full out. They might as well. I mean, they now remember death metal. They got married, Eric, See, and they're I know going. Been married for a long time and don't understand the idea of saying the L word to each other when you're canoodling for a long time and stuff like that. Which still feels weird because they've said it to each other in the past, but now they're back together again. So it is a, a big step. But the thing is, they're sleeping together. They're going on dates. They're billionaire dick racing and stuff like that. The L word and that is a big deal for that. But they're still doing the exact same things here that they have been doing in the Nightwing book. Just felt like they were trying to hijack it here to try to get some, you know, people to read this or try to get because they don't have any other story. Yeah, they don't remember that. But yeah, so all this, they're trying to protect the seer. She's probably looking for Daphne. And Fred and fucking Scooby as they're going through it, like Thelma. But and then uh, somehow they think the seer needs to be out there some way for somebody else to pick up. I, I imagine don't get it. that too, where we have the idea. It's like, okay, we've taken out all of the freaking saints. Now we've gone down to your secret headquarters. And because, you know, you are a nuisance, Barbara Gordon, the Oracle Batgirl here, she destroys your computer rig because it's brought you nothing but trouble. And honestly, we hit the background said to come in and save you because of this computer rig and all the trouble you've caused. The weird thing but- is they set that up before because they were going to do that before. Remember? No, no, no. That's fine. Now they do. And it's just weird. But go on. But you have this situation then where we're like, OK, we, we have to escape this whole thing. So we have to open up the sewer grate and go further down than seven floors under the water where there's still less water. But we have to jump into but the idea that we're taking the saints with us and you have the seer then grab, like, you know, stab one of them in the neck and then push her and Barbara in there and run away to the point where she got away. I guess the seer, like, you know, the, the, you just, yes, her rig is gone, but she, she built the rig at one point herself before. It doesn't mean she can't do it again. Who knows how much money she has saved from doing all the like computer rig stuff and hacking and stealing. Well, for some reason, you think because you destroyed her computer now, this little girl who knows who you are can dox you at any given time and has the, all of this freaking resources. For some reason, after all of this is said and done, you don't care to go back after her, and I have no idea why. Oh, well, she got away. All right. That's crazy. Oh, she got away. And it's like, oh, that, I, I like the other deal. It's almost like the idea of uh, like, oh, she's just a little kid. So, But we've seen you've been duped all along. I'm saying, though, not only that, she has been the bane of the Batgirl's existence. And she just killed book. somebody. It She's seems. been the bane of Jace's Fox. She was the bane of a lot of people during all of Fear State and stuff like that. And was even on t- and the UFO that Simon Saint had himself, you know, somehow on there. But, like, I'm telling you, the Seer has been a thorn in a lot of people's sides for over a year at this point in time. Let's take this little girl down, please. They're even laughing at it, the idea, you know, that that was the big villain, this little girl and stuff like that. But... With all that, yeah, there's, and even in this issue, I mean, a lot of this is just this back and forth with Cass and Stephanie that should be really fun. It should be something that the book would be big on, but it's nothing. I mean, they're going down an elevator, they're going up. Oh my God, we got to go oh, there. They're definitely the B and, characters of this issue. Yeah. And that's, that's when we talk about this, you know, Barbara has books. You know, this is her book as well. But she's also featured in the Nightwing book. But Cass and Step, this is their chance. This is their book. And you're not really getting much of it. It's all the same goofy nonsense that they write them as if they're 13. 
and then they just end up being the side characters. And maybe that's why I don't this. mind it, just because I'm getting more of what I like. Because when I do get the backgrounds, Cassie and Steph, that I wanted this book for, yeah, I've never liked the way they've been portrayed. So when they don't have to be portrayed that much, I'm getting more of the Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon stuff that I have been enjoying, and it's continuing on. I'm like, yes, please give me more of this. But what would you give this? I would end up giving this a four point five out of ten. The thing is, it's not. It's still not a good book. The story doesn't make a lick of sense. The art, I actually don't mind. I like all the Dick and Barbara stuff, but also. It's only a bit of the book, and it's just going forward with a story that doesn't make sense. You let the bad guys go, the saints are disposed of, but it really feels like they should have been disposed of previously because their story, like the rest, doesn't make any sense. And the main yeah. characters of the book are the, like, you know, put in the back seat so the grownups can talk and have smooch a little bit, which I don't mind, but still, you shouldn't do that to the like what should be Again, the main like character said, of this book. Again, like I said, you're there, you've, you still have, you know, a mystery of it, maybe a serial killer out there that you never God really did anything, right? You have this where. You have, you know, editor's notes because your writers can't fucking know what's going on currently. And I'm saying currently within two years, it seems a one year at least of these other big bat books. So you end up doing that. At least it's the Joker War, I think. And, And then in that, your main villains in this are from the, you know, that you end up having fear state that like everything's behind. But yet this is supposed to be this new fresh book. I mean, it's not. A book that's been going on for five years and you can say, oh, my God, yeah, they're not really up to what's this book came out after those things. They should have been aware of the thing going on and they don't they don't know. And so you have editors notes, villains, everything's from the past every, and bullshit from the past that nobody cared about that they have thrown in here. And then you just end up like, oh, well, nobody's buying the book again. Let's have smooch and, and go that route. And I'm like, Hurrah. I don't think you really needed that. You need more stuff. And Cass, and like you said, that sucks because they can't write them, but then they shouldn't be writing the book. And this book, and I said, this it, is it, in my mind, you always say, but nowadays it doesn't seem like any creative teams jump on. Books just get canceled. This will just be canceled. And we'll have to see if Steph and Cass end up in something else. Maybe Cass goes off to a new Outsiders book or something like that. And Steph ends up showing up in certain things. I don't know, but I think this is heading... At some point, you know, Dark Crisis hits, and then after that, this will just go the wayside because they just aren't doing anything. They haven't taken this opportunity, and it was a shame that the Rad get on this, a book that some people, you know, Steph fans and Cass fans, they haven't had much, especially Steph fans. So it would have been nice to have the things, but I'm going to go four out of ten. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Rogues number three. That is mine as well. And with all of that, you can go off now and and what I'm saying, go to Twitter at and I'll tell you what we're going to get next week, but I'll give you these things. Go to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Also go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, but go to our Patreon. It'd be really cool. We'd really appreciate it. And you get a lot of shows, one of them being our weekly spotlight where the badasses pick two books of the books that I'll mention that are coming out next week. So two of these will be a Patreon-exclusive podcast spotlight that me and Eric usually do around an hour and a half or so with two books. So it's a pretty beefy deal. We like to have fun with it. We go in a little more detail, but we do end up... And if it's not, we fill it out with nonsense. Yeah, we have a lot of that. We, we have some fun with it. And usually, I mean, a lot of times it's either real big books or real shitty books. So we have fun or they're important. Donnie, we did 50 minutes one time. You're like, all right, I'm going to give you my stand-up for the next half an hour. I'm like, yeah, don't do it. It feels weird. when we all, But some of these have been like an hour and 45 minutes and things like that. But we like to go deep dive in. So here are the books. We end up having some classics there. Artemis Wanted, number one. Now, 
is there a chance that they're going to completely avoid the idea that Artemis talked to uh, Hippolyta? No, that's what this book's about. Yeah. Well, I'm saying I don't know because the way they're playing it out and the way that I'm seeing, I think they ditched that idea and it's just straight up murder now. But we'll see. There's we'll absolutely see no way that will happen. There's the, the whole reason that this is going on is because of the whole idea that people think that Artemis murdered us and they don't know why. We'll, we'll, set, we'll see. We have some other. I have some other things to laugh about this time. Uh, in these books, we have Batman Superman World's Finest number five. We've enjoyed that. A lot of people love that book. You know, you have that Silver Age deal. And this seems to be more of the, you know, really setting up Dick Grayson lost in time. Yeah, well, that and we have the Batman versus Robin book coming up with the Nezha. So that's going to kind of connect down the line as well. We have Batman the Night number seven. And it's funny because in our deal, I had said that I really don't want Anton to be Ghostmaker, not realizing that Chip Starsky had already said that he was. So that was, a, it's not even a spoiler. It's been out nope. for a while. He has said that is the case. Anton is 100% Ghostmaker. I think it's ridiculous. The only Bruce thing that makes just, sense. Bruce just watched a guy shoot another guy right in the middle of the head and just like, okay, I'm down with you. Uh, Black Adam number two. We didn't really love that first issue. We thought it was a little odd. And the idea that Priest is not going full out continuity. He doesn't really care what else is being done. Not only is he not doing full continuity, he's doing his own ideas of what Black Adam is. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe it'll get better. We didn't like the newer Black Adam, you know, that kid. Uh, he was kind of a little annoying, and maybe that'll get better. He was a walking pop culture dispenser. Yes. So we have Catwoman number 45. You love that Catwoman's, don't you, Eric? I don't you hate love the Catwoman's. Uh, with that, maybe we'll see Valmont. Maybe we'll see a little love making. Well, I know that, that was... the Bath family's coming to dinner with her. Yeah. It was revealed this week, just the idea that Valmont is not having sex with Catwoman. I just wanted to throw that in because I was wrong about Anton, but it was a full dupe. And that is not the case. That was revealed this week. Why are by they a trying to make us jealous for Bruce in that book? What did what did it's you know Chip Zdarsky and Batman? What did what did he do in that night? Everybody was up in arms about the oh my god, Bruce Wayne kissed the Anton. It's the same thing. It was the exact. And I didn't even think of that when we were talking. I'm like, this Chip Zdarsky likes to dupe us with these things. But yeah, that was uh, a little bit of a misdirected. See, Bruce didn't kiss Anton in that. I know, but you didn't see anything except, you know, he was in his little pajamas and came in with coffee. So Dark Crisis, Young Justice, number two. So we have the second deal. Uh, the we Wrath up being, of Wonder Girl. I think that that first one we had on the Patreon spotlight when we talked about it, we were a little not confused, but we were a little bit like, come on, let's see what this really means. What's going on in that other world? Impulse, Connor and Tim Drake all stuck in the weird little 1999 dream world. Yeah. And it was weird because it almost seemed at that point that you wanted to say that, oh, this is the world they would want to be in. But they seem very confused and not want to. And it, we'll see how it, it goes out. We have a tie-in to the DC versus Vampires that was mentioned in the editor's note of the last issue this number is one seven of that six. we should do that. So we have what's that? Of DC the, versus Vampires All Out War, one of six. Is it? This just yeah. says, I thought it was just number one. So we end up having that's nonsense. This The, the thing that they're really going for, they are going all this out This feels like this. what he did with Deceased. Um, I say he, but like the idea yeah. that this, I DC. feel like this is a, that's the thing is, I feel like DC versus Vampires was a was a reaction to how well Deceased did. And this feels, in my mind at least, like the unkillables part of DC versus Vampires like we had with Deceased. I think it's a little over the top. On the cover of this one, though, for our all-out war cast, it looks like our big team is going to be Deathstroke, Asriel, 
Booster Gold, Dead Man, Bane, and Mary Marvel. At least on Killables, that kind of happened after the yeah, fact. It was like a weird where you small go bridge. Do that and had that deal. Like this is actually coming. We still end up having five issues of the regular series that has been, you know, awfully delayed. So that actually shocks me. I didn't know that this it was is the a fear mini- of the Walking Dead of the Walking Dead of the DC versus Vampires. Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes number four, the Bendis deal. I had actually talked to you in between books here, in between the podcast, saying, are we going to do this book? And we still, me and you are still laughing at ourselves about the idea that there is the mention of the great darkness. We're facing the great darkness. Not only that, Jim, the great darkness and the it's origin of the gold lantern. And no matter, what, lantern. no matter what, what, what I say about this, those two things aside, I need to know why at the end of this story, one of the triplicate girls took got elderly in her time lapse, but nobody else has so far. Oh my God, the gold lantern. That's so cool. But where does that fit in to anything after this anyway? In the 31st century. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's Find not out in a thousand years, everybody. Like, Bendis might be an idiot and say at the end, like, he gets time warped then and remains in our crib, but nobody's using that shit. He's ridiculous. We also have Nightwing 94. Maybe we'll end up having to smooch in there. It's an amazing cover on this, too. Yeah, yeah. And you have Flash, number 784. Dark Crisis tie-in, The Search for Barry Allen. And then if you are, we don't know if we're going to do it. We actually said that we're going to talk about it. The Jurassic League, number three. A lot of people like it. The play with us is that we haven't liked it at all. And is it, uh, you know, served well that people love it? We hate it. It just makes us look like assholes. Uh, and like we don't want to have fun, but that book isn't fun. And yeah, it's is, written for I, babies. It's a, ba- <laughs> it's a basic bitch book. It is. I mean, it's there where I could end up like have anything. Like I'm going to make a book where the Jurassic, uh, you know, or the Justice League, they're fruits. Oh my God, there's Grape Man. That, that's Batman, Eric. Oh my God, there's you know I don't know Apple Guy. That that's Superman. It's just as dumb. Maybe not as dumb as that, but we'll see. We'll see what the Maybe. deal is. We'll see what people say. But it's just everything is like put a sore on the end. I have a sore, Eric. It doesn't go away. You. No, no, it's a real thing. Should I get that looked at? <laughs> I should get a look at. Uh, but with all that, like we said, two of those books will be picked for the spotlight. I always pick the wrong ones. But if I'm going to say a pick, I would say that'd be DC versus Vampires All Out War. And probably something like the Artemis Wanted, maybe. I don't know. They like that number one. Black ones. Adam number two and Artemis Wanted number one. Yeah, maybe. And they did like that Black Adam. Well, they didn't like it. They picked it the last time. I think a lot of people dropped it then from what I heard. But or maybe Young Justice. After one. Maybe. Maybe that would be the one. We did talk about that as well. So we'll see how that goes. Right, I'm going to change my answers. Dark Crisis, Young Justice number two of six, and also DC versus Vampires, All Out yeah, War number one of six. Yeah, I think the All Out War number one. And maybe with that, we'll decide if that's, you know, such an important deal. If it's really side issues there, maybe we'll just do a couple of those, see how they go. But with the vampires? Yeah, with the vampires, right? The vampires. Who would mistake? How can that possibly suck? Uh, that is true. I, I was going to come up with something, but I can't. But yeah, I, I'm but it's tired, hard. <laughs> I'm telling you, by the end, uh, I would have maybe waited. I don't know why I connect those two books with the Task Force C. But wait for Test Force Z to end so then we can add that into that slot for the well, deal. Jim, even you need they're to take connected. a minute and get a drink because I, I talking about that book, it sounds like it's going to make you start coughing. Oh, my. Listen to you. I don't know. I hope I can bite my teeth into it. Is, is that okay? Sink. Did I, did I sink do that my teeth enough? Into it. Sink, sink my teeth into it? I don't know. Hey, I, I'm so tired. I'm a daywalker. Right? 
boom, Eric. But that is it. He thinks he's a daywalker. I think he's an asshole. <laughs> I think he's an asshole. Hey there, Blades. But yeah, hey, everybody. That is it. I have, I've crashed right now. I don't know. I didn't sleep very well last night, and I think it's hitting me. Now I got to go edit this nonsense. So with all of that, hey, everybody, thanks. Like we said at the one point or a bunch of points, go to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and then go to our Patreon to help us out for everything we do and get a ton of shows that you can listen to in between all these things that we do on the regular feed at patreon.com slash weirdscience. That's it. We'll be back next week. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Until your shit is through, cause come